Bright Suns, you're now listening to the Star Wars Friends Podcast on the No One Is Listening Podcast Network. Punch it, Chewie! What have we here? Hello there. Morning, Senator. Greetings, Master. This is so wizard. We are the ones who guard the power. We are the middle. The beginning. <laughs> So, this is where the fun begins. <laughs> what are you talking about? This is madness. What did Lisa say? Join the conversation with the Star Wars friends on social media at SW Friends Show. That's at SW Friends Show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Email the Star Wars friends at show at starwarsfriends.com if you have a comment or question you want us to read live on the show. Now, here are your hosts, the Star Wars friends! Hey, what's happening, boys and girls? You are listening to the Star Wars Friends Podcast, part of the No One Is Listening Podcast Network. I am your host, Justin Oldham, and we are the Jedi that you are looking for. With me today, as always, are my Star Wars friends. This is Josh, and I know I've said this a couple times now, but I was actually looking to go back to find the audio from when I originally said it, but my Star Wars Mandalorian dream has come true. We have live-action Katie Sackhoff as Bo-Katan and live-action Ahsoka, played by Rosario Dawson. My heart is only going to last long enough to finish this podcast, and then I might die. Um, I've already bought uh, my first couple pieces of live-action Ahsoka merchandise uh, today, and... Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm here for it. Josh is ready to go. This is Kyle, and I cannot top that. What is better than live action Bo-Katan and Ahsoka Tano? That's it. That's the that's the epitome. We've reached it. We have that now. Is, it, is there a third celebrity that you would add in there as a character that would just, like, complete the trifecta and blow it, like, over the top? Well, or are you good with those two? So, uh, I don't have a... You know, and I didn't know that I, I don't, I didn't know that I wanted these things until I realized they were a thing that could happen. Um, but I think the, if you were to ask me what's another character that I really want in live action that we don't already have, uh, that would be Grand Admiral Thrawn. And I think that we've, we've, funny you should that say that. Well. It's like <laughs> Dave is, you know, inside of my head, you know, so. <laughs> He's in your yeah. head cannon. Nice. Uh, well, we we are at episode 62 here of the Star Wars Friends, and we are going to talk a little bit of Mandalorian. Uh, we have uh, episode 5, chapter 13, the, the siege before, so we are on the Jedi now. Um, we do have a little bit of news and notes here to kind of cover first. Um, we're going to talk a little bit of celebration. Uh, we are now at 89 weeks and counting. We've broken the 90 mark. So, there. you know, it's so days away, now. people. It's just down, yeah, it's down days the away. Here. 600 some odd days. <laughs> oh, my God. Isn't it six, 625? People, if, if you have the countdown widget, people, 
do not set it at days. It is more aggravating. Yeah, well, set it at least. weeks, and it seems a lot closer because that number is one less digit. So um, <laughs> as we continue to get closer uh, to Star Wars Celebration, um, we also continually count down these Mando Mondays. Um, as you all know, Mando Mondays have been rolling out every Monday uh, during the season of The Mandalorian. I think we are on Mando Monday number six, um, which was uh, this past Monday. They released a Target exclusive uh, red chrome Mandalorian pop. Um, there was a Loungefly wallet. I think I'm out of the pop Invicta- game. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and see, I I went ahead and ordered the red Mando pop. It's the, the like. I know. I saw you so coming. You're a sucker. I saw that. Yeah. I saw that, and yep. I was like, "Who wants this? You want it? Justin <laughs> wants it. it. I wanted that one. I have the red. I have the red stormtrooper. I'm I'm more into the stormtroopers than I am anything else. That's actually the first Mandalorian pop I have bought. Wow. Period. That's that's it. That's the only one I'm just a big so, fan of Target. Um, uh, maybe <laughs> I do love Target. Wait, didn't you work at Target back Target. in the day? Oh, I did. See, it's true. All, I did. Look at you with the memory. I worked there for years. I I did. I worked there uh, through high school and through college and even after see, college for a little bit. Never so, died. Here you are. Um, they have a they have a great internship. Still looks good in a red polo. Maybe out there looking. I do. <laughs> I do. And khakis. Although I think they're less strict now about the red like. Tops no, that you can wear because trust me, I've been walking a red in there. And they let you work there. I was like, I can yes. barely tell who works there when I go there. I'm like, oh, where's the quality know? control target? Come on. It's supposed to be the upscale Walmart. It used, to be, it used to be it had to be like a button down shirt or like a polo. Now you walk in there and there's like people wearing red t shirts. It says like Merry Let's Christmas. Let's class it back up, Target. Come on. <laughs> so. Uh, but yeah, I worked there for a long time, actually. I did. Um, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed working for Target. And I would say this, though, as far as a career decision for me, it was I could not do retail uh, for the rest of my life. Read, people not... are jerks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's a, a, a fair assumption when it comes to retail sales. And, and if you have not worked retail and you want an experience, you should find a job in retail or service that'll give you happens give you a, or a, service a yep. into boy worked at yeah. for a little bit so i i i know the struggle yeah see yep oh it's it's um it can be difficult at times so um but yeah so i i, I purchased the red chrome pop that was about the only thing this week that i really wanted to purchase there was a, a big release though of um a lot of uh real life ahsoka mando stuff there was t-shirts galore that were printed yeah, uh there was uh, shirts through her universe yep mm-hmm. uh there was um the ahsoka life-size cardboard standee i don't know who so, here ordered that so one I, I know i sent it to you guys i did a little <laughs> so, so once once i saw how fast the um how fast the um Cobb Banth one came out and how fast maggie got it i was like okay this is what they're doing. So I I noticed as soon as they bought, as soon as the Bo-Katan one came out, and I and I asked for that one for Christmas, and I but I let Tab know I was like, hey, I don't know how fast these things sell out, so I wanna I don't want to buy this for myself because it's almost Christmas, but you, you, someone needs to get me this for Christmas, so just make that happen. And so it's already come. It actually came really fast. But then so I was like counting down the days. I was like, okay, so the episode aired, and then the, that standee was released like 
on the 17th. So, and so I had been checking and then, yeah, the Ahsoka one popped up and I played a similar game with that one where I was like, Hey, uh, text my mom and, um, told tab, text my mom and like, let her know this is something that I really want. Maybe she'll, <laughs> maybe she'll buy it. So they had that, I wish, that one I wish my parents would actually get me cool games. stuff for Christmas. My, it's so funny because my, I think, I feel like my, my dad, um, well, I think my dad doesn't really want to get presents. He's like, uh, <laughs> oh, you're, you're over 18, no presents. He's ready to wash his hands of the whole thing. But at the same time, get a job, buy what you want. If he was going to get a gift, it'd be a practical one. And my mom's like, buy him toys, buy like, so then she wins cause she's the boss. Um, so, I mean, I think a couple years ago, We'll, we'll just say when I was 30, I got the original, my mom bought me the original Ninja Turtles turtle van. And it's just wild to think that That's my mom bought awesome. me the same gift when I was five and then when I was 30. So nice. awesome gift both times. Oh. Yeah, no. And she, and she, <laughs> uh, you know, and she, she could have saved so much it. by just buying two the first time. Yeah. Hanging on to it for 25 years. <laughs> Just keeping it yeah. in an attic somewhere and then regifting it. Yeah. <laughs> Here you go. Um, yeah. So there was a lot of stuff that came out. They, you know, it's it's been interesting to watch these Mando Monday things because in the initial beginning, they put out uh, a ton of figures for Black Series and Vintage Collection. As it's kind of gone on week by week, it's kind of gone down a little bit each week. And, and the stuff that you're seeing is um, not, not, the normal stuff it's it's very kind of kitschy cool you think they'd uh, spread it out things that are coming out but we we've had days where we what's that i said you'd think that they would spread it out knowing they have all this time but but we've had we've had days where there's like three or four you know black series figures and then and then like we'll go like three weeks without any figures and it's like why didn't you like you know do grief cargo this week and then do you know Mm -hmm. whoever else the next week but they just they just like just dropped them all at once Mm-hmm. Well, and I, th- I think uh, I think I'm with most other people, and I'm s- I think we're still waiting on the vintage quick vintage collection quill. Yeah, and uh, he's not out yet, so I'm hoping hoping here in in the next uh, couple weeks. I think they're doing nine weeks of this, so we got what three more. Uh, hopefully, we get a vintage collection quill. I think you will. I mean, we got the black that, series. That would be awesome. So. Yeah, yeah. Which I I don't. Did you guys see the the actual photos of the the black series? Car, uh, Grief Karga, Moff Gideon, the the figures themselves are, are the face sculpts don't look great. Mm. So I'm hoping that they look at that like in hand. Somebody had it in hand. It was up on Yak Face, I believe, earlier today, but it was in hand photos of these figures. And I looked at it and I went, man, those face sculpts are not good. Um, and then there was a in hand of the Dark Ray figure. Uh, with her like black with the double bladed saber that comes with that it. That is such a it Star looked- Wars thing to have a figure <laughs> of a character that existed in like a vision for three seconds. Hey, she was in there for five seconds. Yes. Thank you very much. So- sorry, my stopwatch has not been calibrated. See, but I see, I'm okay with that because I like that. Like back in the day when you used to go into a toy store and there was a wall of figures that were literally in a background of a scene for two seconds. It's now a time, you get, yeah, I know. Now you get repops of, Hey, we're going to release our third Jedi Luke uh, from Hoth. But this time he's got 
this lightsaber, like it's the same figure. You've released it three times. Go to something else. You have a well of of people to pick from. I like. I was really happy uh, in Vintage Collection. They did the Incinerator Trooper. I was like, ooh, something a little bit different because um, he wasn't in for that long in Mando, but a super cool figure to get. And but you know, you again, we talked about this with Haslab, right? The the Haslab project, what could have been was the ghost, which seems uh, like so obvious. Go- you release the ghost with Hera and then you set your, um, your stretch goals as Kanan or Sabine or the entire rebels. Blind crew, Kanan that's right? never been released. Any, you know, short haired Ezra, any Sabine version. There's a ton of them. Yep. And I, I think that was a, a that one, as well as the Razor Crest did, I think the Rebels ghost ship uh, with like a detachable, um, th- with the detachable um, Phantom in the back with Hera, and then you start building the characters on top of that could have been huge. That could have been huge moneymaker. It's, but, it's wild that they um, don't do that because, like, you know, wrestling, you look at like wrestling figures, and you'll have like a here's Macho Man's. Here's a figure of Macho Man's gear, of him and his gear from WrestleMania three, and here's his gear from when he faced the Ultimate Warrior at this WrestleMania, and like, and they'll have like, you know, they'll have like ten figures mm-hmm. of a wrestler that's if a wrestler's been around for a long time with like several different like iconic wrestling outfits, but we can't get like more than, you know, the three or right. four different looks that they give us, <laughs> right. So it's, you know, for me, it's, it's, I like seeing different figures like that. So I'm glad I'll be happy when I get my dark gray some, someday, maybe next year. Uh, but super excited for that. But, uh, if, if you're into the Mando Mondays, keep watching every Monday, you can go to starwars.com. Uh, they continually kind of announce what's coming out by, I think about 10 AM, usually on that Monday, what you're going to get. Uh, and it usually pops up later in the day if it's a Target exclusive, Walmart exclusive. It's usually by like 1 o'clock or 4 o'clock in the afternoon Eastern Standard Time. So make sure you check out StarWars.com in the morning uh, and then hit up whoever those vendors are later in the afternoon to get your merch. Now, uh, with that being said, uh, well, let's talk a little bit of LEGO Holiday Special. Everybody here has had an opportunity, right, to watch LEGO Holiday yes, Special? I watched it. At least once or twice. So... Um, you know, if you, if you haven't caught it yet, go check it out. It's on Disney Plus right now. Um, you can stream it uh, there. It, it's a it's really funny. Uh, there's great one liners in there. I I loved the interactions with uh, Palpatine and Vader, um, and then Palpatine with you know Ray and some of the other characters. I just thought <laughs> Palpatine was a great character in that movie. Um, but I think we're gonna try to do a watch party. Uh, at some date day here soon. So keep your eyes open for that. We'll put it out on social media somewhere and announce the day and time. Um, but hopefully, I'm, I'm assuming we can do a watch party in a group setting on Facebook, if that would be easiest, or maybe YouTube. I don't know. We'll figure it out. But uh, uh, what are you guys' thoughts, quick thoughts on uh, Lego Holiday Special? I love it. I think it's fun. It's something you could rewatch every year. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was great. I'm hoping, uh, and it reminded me of uh, simpler times when we did, you know, when we had the Family Guy Star Wars and the Robot Chicken Star Wars, like just doing silly, like animated Star Wars yes. stuff. Um, I, I mean, I know they've been doing the Star Wars Lego stuff for a while, but it just was. It was a nice. This, like, this one was a little different too. To yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. 
If you watch the animation on some of the other Lego Star Wars, it's a little bit different than the animation that they did for this. Not completely. It's the same kind of milieu, if you will, but it's 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 slightly different. It's it's a little bit cleaner, a little bit more crisp in this movie than it is on the actual episode by episode Star Wars ones, at least from the ones that I've watched. So maybe I'm watching older ones. I don't know. I watched some with Yoda in it and um, a couple other characters that was a little bit different. Um, and the voices were a little bit off too. So, uh, but yeah, if you haven't checked it out yet, go watch. Um, it's hilarious. Um, I've watched it, I think two or three times now. I can't stop watching it. It's pretty funny. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, uh, and then also this week, last little bit, it is a bit of sad news. I'm sorry to say, um, on Monday of this week, uh, we did have the passing of Dave Prowse. If for those that don't know, uh, or to the lay, star, lay, lay Star Wars person, uh, Dave Prowse was the physical embodiment of Darth Vader. Um, he was the guy in the suit, um, British bodybuilder, um, from by all accounts, from everybody that's worked with him or talked to him, super nice guy really humble human being um but he was just a giant of a man <laughs> um and if you look at pictures of him standing next to mark hamill and leia he towers over them by another two or three feet um so he but in all of all of the 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 movement in the suit and those things that you see like you know when when vader is talking to luke uh, out on the scaffolding in Empire Strikes Back at the end, and he's got his fist up in the air, and he's expressing to Luke to come join him. That is all Dave Prowse. Um, he is the, the the man behind the suit, uh, and he will be uh, greatly missed. Um, there was actually like four people that kind of made up Darth Vader. You had the voice, you had the face, you had the suit, um, but it, you know you had like all these different pieces of it. So, uh, but Dave was certainly a big big part of that so uh we are all saddened by that news and and you know he will be missed so looking for fun and excitement without having to join the first order or resistance come join your star wars friends and experience the fun and excitement at canto bite hotel and casino located on the beautiful planet of cantonica our state-of-the-art facility offers a beautiful Fathier racetrack, all the newest hollow tables, and the finest libations and cuisine across the galaxy. Enjoy top-notch entertainment nightly such as Figrin Dan and the Modal Nodes, the Max Rebo Band, and Arodia Ventifoli. Witness some of the fastest sky racing in the galaxy with first-rate pilots Hype Faison. Hype Faison is in the building! Tora Doza. Where's my cute little furball? Freya Fenris and Griff Halloran. Okay, I still don't get why we all had to come along. Just listen to some of our happy guests. Oi! Misa love Canto Bite Hotel and Casino! Misa win muy muy credits! Whether you're here for relaxation or excitement, the Canto Bite Hotel and Casino can provide whatever you desire. There is so much to do here. Odds are, you'll have the time of your life. Maybe. Gambling problem? Reach out by Holland to the New Republic Gambling Addiction Hotline. The number is 800-IMI-NDBT. The number again is 800-IMI-NDBT. One more time, the number is 800-IMI-NDBT. This advertisement has been brought to you by the Star Wars Friends. Please gamble responsibly. Hey, I'm Jason Pry. Thanks for listening to Star Wars Friends Podcast.
All right. So let's dive into some lighter news here. Let's move into our review of The Mandalorian Season 2, Episode 5, Chapter 13, The Jedi. We finally get to the Jedi. Now, when we, when this when this came out, did you guys have any inkling that it would be anybody other than Ahsoka? No, not for me. No? You knew it right, right away. It was going to be Ahsoka no matter what. Did you think you would see her within the first five seconds? No. No, I thought they were going <laughs> to at least make us uh, wait a little bit, but it's, they came in hot. Yeah, I thought at, at earliest we'd it'd be you know we'd be a third of the way through, kind of like what they did with Bogatan. Yeah, end of Act One type of thing. I thought would be the very mm-hmm. earliest we mm-hmm. saw her, but they went with the cold open, ripped the bandaid off. Yeah, yeah. I literally turned to Tab and uh, said, "Oh, it, this is earlier than I thought." <laughs> like this is the first <laughs> at three in the morning. I was like, "Oh." <laughs> now, in, in the beginning, it, you know, it was a 45 minute long episode and I'll go into kind of the details of the episode here in a second, but it was a 45 minute, uh, episode long episode. Did you guys think that you would, it, since, since she came out right in the first couple seconds, did you think you would get her for the entire episode or did you, did you think like maybe we would see her in the beginning through half and then she would be gone or did we, were you like sold on, we're getting her the whole episode. I figured if we saw her that early, that this whole thing was going to be about her pretty much. Mm. Mm-hmm. I kind of, I wasn't really even thinking ahead. I was just kind of taking it in, honestly. <laughs> I mean, it's, it kind of leaves you awestruck when she, when you first see her. Cause in the beginning, it's a lot of darting and moving around and you just catch. She's like, just murking people. Little snippets like, here yeah. and there. Yeah. She's just killing, like killing people. That very um, first shot finally they, see her. they staged of her face with the lightsabers was it was one of the best shots of the episode. She looked the best. I think she did pretty much the whole episode right then. They really, I, I think, started off very strong. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so a little bit of detail about this episode um, written by Dave Filoni and John Favreau um, directed by Dave Filoni. Um, it starred Michael Bean as Lang. He's that creepy kind of sheriff guy in the town. Um, Diana Lee Inosanto uh, as Morgan Elsbeth. And I looked up more uh, Diana's Diana's uh, history on IMDb. She's done a lot of stunt yeah, work. Stunt Not person. a lot of like the acting stuff, but a lot of stunt work. In they movies. needed a strong fighter um, for that scene at the end. Yeah. Yeah, so it was, it was really cool to kind of see somebody who's not doing a lot of the line work or the delivery stuff actually getting that opportunity to it, display acting, not just, hey, I'm going to physically uh, attack people. Uh, and then you had Wing Tao Cho as Governor Wing. Um, and then, of course, Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka Tano. I, I saw I that my- uh, Governor Wing was his name, but I didn't know Wing was also the actor's name. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Did mm-hmm. not search far for that. I have this picture of Josh like sitting on his seat like this, and then when Rosario comes up, he just like slowly falls over, like frozen, yep. like a that's statue, basically what like happened in movies. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I have to since Chris um, isn't here. I want to mm-hmm. point out that uh, the guy who played Lang was also Kyle Reese in the original Terminator. Yes, he because was. Chris loves 80s oh, that's so an eighties movie. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> He was also, for those that don't know, Johnny Ringo in Tombstone, one of the best westerns out there. I love Tombstone. Oh, love Tombstone. So many quotable lines in Tombstone. Um, 
but yeah, so he's he's Michael Bean has has had a lot of acting parts over the years. He always seems to play a a bad guy or mostly plays a bad guy in most of his roles. Um, the entire episode is set on the forest planet of Corvus in the city of Caledon. Uh, this is the first mention of this city and planet uh, in Star yeah, not Wars. A lot cool. Not a um, lot of uh, news there. It looks like it's seen better days, though, yeah. Corvus on Caledon. Oh, yes. It's a little worse for wear now. It's, it's, it's called the forest planet, and there is no forest anymore. Mostly stumps now, yeah. It's all those smokestacks. So. <laughs> Burnt twigs. Uh, <laughs> so just a couple interesting facts. Um, you know, the Hutties Arch, which you see in the beginning when Ahsoka first, when she first approaches the gate, uh, that large thing holding the gong at the top of the wall uh, was actually designed by Ralph McQuarrie that was featured in a lot of his artwork. Um, and it first appeared in the, the, the illustrated Star Wars universe. Uh, it was supposed to be part of Jabba's Palace. Uh, it was later... Uh, though used as part of the Teth Monastery in the Clone Wars back in 2008. Uh, and then it was also used as the Nema outpost on Jakku. Like when Finn and Rey are running from yeah. the TIE Fighters, mm-hmm. you clearly see see it in the background there So uh, in Episode 7 of The Force Awakens. So um, kudos to you know always bringing in some Ralph McQuarrie artwork into the design of things. Uh, I'm willing to bet that those large four-legged characters that were milling around in the background are probably also in some of his probably. artwork somewhere. Yeah. They I just look don't familiar. <laughs> I did some research on those as the resident um, Star Wars zoologist, and they are just indigenous herb- herbivores. Like, there's literally nothing. They're just called indigenous creatures. There's, giant giant. Yeah, I don't know cows. how they get that big eating plants. How, I don't know how they grow that large eating food of that type, but they... Uh, they're wait so they don't they don't have a name no i I tried very hard to find one they are maybe if you went and asked the unified uh corn boatman he could tell you the name (laughs) unidentified (laughs) corn boatman's brother probably knows what those are called well he's dead yeah too bad he's dead (laughs) nobody knows now he's dead um but they were you want to know something really sad i was just gonna tell you they're actually going extinct because their food source has been yeah. destroyed by this this evil spear wielding planet killer lady magistrate. Which uh, it's interesting. People love a title it, we, in Star we know Wars. In, we, we know in the past that the Empire has harvested planets for resources, mm-hmm. right? What are they mining, or what are they taking from this planet? That because it's not the trees, they wouldn't have been burned. What is it that they're taking from this planet that they burn the entire forest and just leave? I assume the process of mining like gas or ore or whatever natural resources underground just Uh, destroys the surface and and they don't care because they're mm -hmm. coming in to harvest whatever they want and leave. So they do it in the quickest, easiest way possible. Yeah, makes sense. Because uh, we saw that a little bit too in Evil um, Empire. Everything they do is just the worst way possible. <laughs> What's the uh, in uh, Rebels when they are um, they use those giant land crawler things mm-hmm. to basically just strip the yeah. the ground. There's the Zagos on one of them, and they like hijack it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, and and that um, we're skipping ahead to the end a little bit. But when when Ahsoka was explaining to Din that she goes to planets and you know basically does what we were just talking about i 
I wonder if she was overseeing a bunch of projects and, and Lothal was one of them, you know, like was, was whatever price mm-hmm. also reporting to her for part of her assignment or whatever. And, and that's how she's related to Thrawn as well, because he was like the Admiral mm-hmm. who was dealing in that region or whatever. I'm not sure exactly how the hierarchy works. So you're Josh saying probably she, thinks I sound stupid right now. No, I'm so I'm thinking so you're <laughs> you're thinking that she's still carrying out her fulcrum duties at this point. Ahsoka? She, yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure what her what her goal is for searching for Thrawn. I don't I don't think it makes sense that she's searching for Thrawn in the capacity that they were talking about at the end of rebels, like she's searching, like, let's go find Ezra. It's time to go find Ezra. Me and Sabine, um, because I don't know that his Imperial underlings would still be reporting to him. If he's lost somewhere out in wild space with the Pergils. And, uh, I feel like he must be back now and she's on some other kind of mission. And, uh, he's, he's part of some other kind of, um, like Imperial hanging on. I I don't know. I could be so, totally off and that I'm going to be made to look like a complete idiot, but <laughs> that's what makes the most if sense you, to me. If you get an opportunity, go check out um, IO9 on Facebook. I don't know if anybody else has IO9. Um, they put an interesting article up today that was actually an interview uh, with Dave Filoni um, about that because there's, clearly a projection of a timeline here right as far as when we think did, did he Ahsoka completely contradict Mando. me yes <laughs> <laughs> because you know dave dave likes to go well it could be possible i don't know if that's actually possible but maybe um and he leaves things very vague and and he mentions in the article basically that um you know because a lot of people think it's set in the it bet- prior to um, Ahsoka, it's either prior to Ahsoka going to find Sabine to go get Ezra, because at this point she doesn't know where Ezra and Thrawn are, um, so she hasn't gone to get Sabine to go find Ezra, or it's um, after, like right after that, somewhere. And he basically alluded to, well, that's the thing, is like there's a several year gap in all of this, right, between when we know Rebels ended uh, which was a little bit after it was like right at return uh, into return of the Jedi. Right. Yeah. Um, so when that ended in the epilogue where she goes back to find Sabine to go find Ezra and Thrawn and when the force awakens start, there's several years in between there that we don't know. And basically he left it very open to fit other stories in there <laughs> that he can start to intertwine other characters or say, well, here's the definitive of what happened. Um, and they actually referenced an article that he wrote uh, at that about the epilogue right after rebels had ended. Um, because I think somebody had asked him then how long the time gap was between, you know, when we saw them last and when that epilogue occurred and he basically he didn't give a time frame. He just said, "Well, it's you know, it's a it's a couple couple years. Could be anything. Could be five. Because somebody thought it was like five years. I think. And he's like, "Well, that could be." <laughs> and he was not definitive as far as 
what his time frame was. So it was a it's an interesting read. If you get a chance, go check it out. IO9. I'm actually uh, reading on it. Facebook right now. posted it. He, yeah, it was it was a pretty interesting read. And and Dave, the guy is just you know, when you think you're like finally catching up with him to go, aha, Dave, I got you. He's like, mm, he says, no. uh, <laughs> he's, uh, he's eight steps ahead. When you look at the epilogue of Rebels, you don't really know how much time has passed. So it's possible that the story I'm telling in The Mandalorian actually takes place prior to that. Possible. I'm saying it's possible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, He's eight steps ahead I think ahead he's of just, and again, doing his thing where he's giving you a non-answer. He's saying, well, you think you know that, but you don't really know that because mm-hmm. you don't really know when the epilogue takes place. You have context right. clues, and you know that it t- certainly takes place after Return of the Jedi, but other than after Return of the Jedi, you can't really know for sure when it takes place other than that. So in mm-hmm. theory, a, a ton mm-hmm. of other things could happen. And all of the events of the Mandalorian could happen before Ahsoka ever goes back to Sabine and says, let's go find Ezra. So maybe she's getting this information about where they are. And when she goes to Sabine, she's like, hey, let's go get Ezra because I kind of know where he is already or have these good leads or something like that. Hi, this is Gary Widow. Very proud to be a Star Wars friend. You are listening to the Star Wars Friends Podcast. This is Darth Vader, Dark Lord of the Sith, and you are listening to the Star Wars Friends Show. Do not underestimate the power of this podcast. Yeah, and it was. In- I think it's interesting because, you know, at this point she's only looking for Thrawn. Clearly, when she asked the magistrate later on in the episode about where he's at, she didn't say Ezra and Thrawn. Not that the magistrate may know who Ezra is, but clearly she's only looking for Thrawn from the magistrate, which I'm assuming she's going to think that will lead her to Ezra or maybe where Ezra is, or maybe he knows where she is. So, um, so let's dive in here. So, you know, we open as, as Josh said earlier, uh, we open with Ahsoka murking a bunch of troops in the darkness. (laughs) Um, just move. And it was great to watch her move from troop to troop. Um, cause she didn't, she would just go from one to the other and she wouldn't ignite the lightsabers until she was right up on top of them and then hack them down and then, and then turn them off and then move to the next troop. Um, you know, there's a great shot of she hacks this tree and kind of slices like both sabers through it and then force pushes the piece out into another guy and then the tree falls over. Cool. Um, yeah. And I actually, I think I love the most the, um, the shot where it was a first person view from her view. And it does this quick run up on the next troop with a uh, trooper with uh, like some footsteps or something kind of, so think I think it was kind of insinuating. Dead. Yeah. Kind of evil dead ish. Um, I, I was thinking it was like the force run. Like, so it was like a first person view of she's doing the force run from position a to position B to take out this troop. Cause she like moves right up and then reignites the lightsabers and then hacks the guy from the side. So, um, you know, she just goes from troop to troop. And then once she cuts them all down, we get our first, uh, our first look at, um, Morgan Elsbeth up on top of the, uh, along with Lang up on top, top of this giant fortress wall. And she says, show yourself Jedi. 
She knew right away who it was, knew who it was, do- who knew who it was, knew what was going Only on. Jedi carry laser she swords like that. Laser sword. <laughs> yep. Um, and then here we see out of the mist, uh, Ahsoka walks forward, re- like ignites the lightsabers kind of outward. Totally cool with being called lower. a Jedi these days. Not something she mm-hmm. took, took lying down in the past, but I guess, you know, time um, is. <laughs> things change. Think about the context of the time that she set up before. Kyle. I, I get you. I get you. She was saying it to Vader, who was I, who I, was goading I, her. I understand the subtle differences. Josh I was making a joke. <laughs> I don't think it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> so you forget that so the people on, clearly on comes the other out. end of the of the um, speakers can't see the look on your face that I can see when you're saying it. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, sorry. The the large eye roll inserted yeah. in there. Um. She so Elsbeth uh, Morgan Elsbeth is is being you know basically show yourself. She walks out. She ignites the lightsabers. Um, you know we talked about this a little bit on the live show on Friday. Uh, Stephen brought it up. She does kind of give a little bit of a, a open shoulder like open shoulder solo shrug there. Like hey yeah you called me a Jedi. What's up? I'm right here. What are you doing? Um, and we we have this conversation with. Uh, the magistrate and Ahsoka and, and Ahsoka is clearly looking for information. She is trying to find something from the magistrate. And she's taking and no nonsense to, Yeah. She's not mm-hmm. having any of this yeah, lady. She's calling her out. No, she tries and to ma- say she's not going to tell her anything. And Ahsoka's like, well, I'm just not going to give you that option. Yeah. Yeah. And the magistrate uses, uh, uses prisoners as leverage, basically saying, look, I'm not going to give you this information. Leave me alone, right? Or I'm just going to start killing prisoners. Like, you know, what's it? What's this information really worth to you? Are you really going to try to come get it from me? I'm just going to go ahead and kill How many lives, people. she said? Um, One, ten, a hundred? Yeah. Yep. And she brings a prisoner out. She brings a prisoner up right there with her, shows him to her and says, look, I got more. Pretty like sure this. that's the same what one who, who got locked up in the electric eels later. Yes, she does say um, she does. Oh, I forget what she says. Uh, lock was him like, up. Lock him up like or, that, yeah. Um, something like that. But yeah. So um, but, you know, it's uh, it, the city, this city in the middle of this desolated forest planet is in dire straits right now under this magistrate clearly well and think about it before like they lived in this lush jungle you know this forest planet they probably had tons of resources and probably like semi-happy lives and now they're they're so you know up a creek and and the magistrate says something about you know you're gonna make these people because of you these people are gonna suffer and Ahsoka says under your rule they're already suffering you know which is a mm-hmm. that was a great line that that felt very much like something she would say yeah yeah so um, you know she disappears back into the smoke and I know I know we say this about every episode but the music in this episode he again, knows what he's doing on point. And it's it's different. It's different every episode. It it's never the same thing. It's it's always different, and it always fits the scene or the mood perfectly. Like I can't even explain it. I'm waiting well, that for main this Mandal- to come out on Spotify so I can hear because when she's when she like appears at the bottom of the the gate and is like talking, you hear. I thought I heard a little bit of the 
the motif from like the the Anakin's betrayal, that kind of thing that they play anytime there's like something sad happening. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm wondering just like just like a little snippet of it and it it was a little different, but it was def- it definitely seemed like it was there. I'm interested to like listen to it without like the dialogue and stuff and see if I can hear it. Mhm. When um you know, later on in the episode when Mando's walking through the forest after he leaves the city, you hear just a very different style of music again. It was very somber. It was very um I don't I don't want to say foreboding, but it wasn't cuz it wasn't like he was, you know, going into a bad situation, that bad of a situation, but it was very, very different than what you get, you know, with Ahsoka on the city, what you, what you get with Mando walking through the city. Just every piece of music that he writes for this show is different. So um, shortly after we get that intro, we get Mando arriving with the child on the planet. We get some lovely dialogue in the beginning where he's kind of reprimanding the child for, uh, you know, he tells Tell him to go to get, get in his seat. seat. We're yeah. approaching our landing. And he doesn't want to listen the first time. Yep. Takes him a second time. And those with kids out there, you understand how you have to tell your kids a couple times to go do something. Uh, Once he gets in the seat, um, he eyeballs the the shift knob again and decides he's going to use a little bit of his force powers to go ahead and and unscrew it and get it while Mando is not paying attention. So um, we we land uh, Mando goes walking down the ramp and basically says, we're going to try to find this city. And the child was, he was very cute. He's like walking down the ramp and all of a sudden he kind of just plops down on the ramp on his butt. And uh, he pulls, he's got the ball in his hand, the shift knob. And Mando basically says, you know, how many times have I told you that needs to stay on the, on the ship, ship, takes it from him and puts it in, puts it in his pocket. That's like when your and, mom says you can't take the toys with the little parts outside of the house. Cause you're going to lose them. You know, he's going to lose mm-hmm. that little knob under it's an understandable concern. Yep. Yeah. So <laughs> he puts it in his pocket. They start to head into the town. Um, you know, as they're walking through the woods, he's got Manda. He's got the the child. He's got the child in this little kind of hidden under thing, his much cape. like the biker yeah. scout did. Yeah, hidden under his cape. And I think at this point he realizes I can't just be walking around carrying this kid everywhere because people ask about it's it. A real too conversation much. piece. Um, yeah, yeah. So he gets to the city. You know, he's encountered by the troops troopers up top. Um, you know, they recognize Lang recognizes him as a bounty hunter and says, "You're a hunter." Um, he says, I am. There was actually says, a little uh, thing about that. And I was curious because Wikipedia says the um, Lang says something about. So you're a, a member of the guild, you know, meaning the bounty uh-huh. hunter guild. And he says, last I checked. And I thought that was intentionally ambiguous because since he kind of shot up the whole bounty hunter guild and turn you know kind of took his his bounty back and all that stuff like i thought maybe he's not really a member of the guild anymore and that's why he gave kind of the like last i checked but you know i haven't really checked since i shot up the guild so probably not and i thought it was ambiguous but on wikipedia they flat out said that he confirmed it so uh was i was i crazy to think that that was like not a clear answer on purpose sense to me what you're saying Yeah, I I thought it was so, kind of. The I think same, I was I mean, right, and Wikipedia is probably wrong. Then that's what, the only thing I can determine. <laughs> yes, well, I assume that the the bounty hunter guild rolls up through a larger 
boss, right? Like the huts or something, something like that, right? But I imagine because you know, I'm you not, take I'm you you turn in your boss. bounty and then you take it back and then all of the bounty hunters try to chase you down and you murder them and fly off. I think you probably get kicked out of the gang, right? Like you're not in the club anymore well, at I, that point, I would assume. Well, I don't know. Cause like <laughs> if grief is the boss, not, if grief is the boss and like, clearly he's made up with grief, right? Does grief go, Hey, grief you doesn't know, seem cool. like he's in the bounty hunter game guys. anymore either. He's wearing his fancy robes. I, I know. That's what I'm saying. So I th- I think they roll up through a larger entity, like maybe the huts, uh, for example. So they they probably, um, you know, have to. Like grief is probably out. Mando's probably out. Uh, I can't imagine. So you're you're agreeing in, with me now. Last I checked, is intentionally yeah, ambiguous know. in my in my perception. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, he says you're a hunter. I am. Um, so clearly he recognizes his comments on his Beskar armor. Looks beautiful. Shiny. Um, shiny. So he lets him in um, and Mando comes in. And he starts kind of wandering around the town a little bit, trying to see if he can find some people to talk to and get some answers. Uh, he encounters a vendor who immediately runs away. Uh, and then he encounters another gentleman uh, down an alley who is helping some kids um, who also kind of, shunned mando and, and basically said look you know don't talk to us you're gonna you're gonna bring trouble some, to some us. of our others uh star wars friends chris and, and maggie i think felt like this was a little underdeveloped and i think maybe it was too like maybe a scene or something got had gotten cut but i think they they did establish that this guy wing who we find out is like kind of the 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 mayor the the governor or whatever at the end mm-hmm. who, who's been pushed out of power by the magistrate who's taken over uh i i think he was trying to help those little orphan or poor kids or or whatever they were um and he was trying street to, rats yeah street rats the street urchins <laughs> uh and and he tried to tell mando like hey don't even interact with anybody. You're just going to get us in trouble. You're going to get us in the electric eel tank up there by the gate. And uh, so he, I felt like he was trying to protect people a little bit and, and take care of things as well as he could, uh, you know, in the, he comes out later and tries to let the guy out of the cage and things like that. So it seems to me like he's trying to help the citizens. So I, I felt like they, they laid a little bit of foundation. It wasn't really fleshed out, but it was there a little bit. And he's a figure of some kind of significance. Yeah. You know, and he, and he's looking out for the, the people of the community, his community there. And I, I also noticed yeah. a, a, a eight D series smelter droid. I can I can hardly say yes. it. Did you see that walking in? It, not super con- common, him. yeah. But uh, they're in two excellent episodes of the Clone Wars. They're actually in three. One of them is a Spice <laughs> Girls episode, which is fine too. But uh, they're in uh, Evil Plans, which is Cad Bane kidnapping C three PO for Jabba the Hutt, mm-hmm. so they can break into the Galactic Senate. Like very exciting stuff. Awesome characters. And uh, a friend in need, where Ahsoka, uh, relevant to this episode, and Lux Bonteri go to Calic, Calic, Salic, Calic, I think, 
Um, and there's all these death watch mandos there and she beheads a bunch of them and they're playing target practice with all these droids, but also a phenomenal clone wars ex- uh, episode. So, uh, cool to see that guy walking around. I don't know what he's mm-hmm. smelting or doing there in this little forest <laughs> town, but he was there. Very similar body shape and style to the one in galaxy's edge, rotating the spit, not the same, but very similar <coughs> tall, lanky yeah. kind of droid. They use they use the same really, the same uh, frame. You can't uh, you know you can't overlook a good episode with Lux Bonteri. Love me it. some Lux Bonteri. <laughs> Just quality episodes. Right I'll, there. I'll talk about Clone Wars anytime I can. Oh yeah, oh yeah, uh, and well, we get a lot of crossovers yeah. in this show, which is great. We're pulling from everything, and and even in the beginning, when Razor when the Razor Crest is coming in, and you see it flying over the trees, there's a guard up on the wall using the little, yeah. the little hand scanner following him. Yep. Just like in uh, A New Hope is, is these arriving on Yavin and you see... They do that in Family Guy too, don't they? Wasn't somebody scanner. talking about the Family Guy yeah. uh, Star Wars episodes? Those are great. We could do, yep. a, we could yep. do a watch of those. Because the guy... Yeah. I think the guy on the tower was going, he was following me, he goes, pew, pew, pew. pew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so as he's trying to talk to the, the, the man in the street, uh, you know, who clearly doesn't want anything to do with Mando... Um, two guards kind of roll up and say, Hey, the magistrate wants to see you. So they take her, they take Mando to the magistrate. Um, and when he comes, walks in, it's very, uh, Japanese, uh, Zen, uh, garden, a koi pond Um, look. It's, it's beautiful. There's a koi pond, the magistrates feeding some fish. There's lush greenery, uh, surrounding her. It's very peaceful, very serene, uh, m- very stark contrast to the planet, the rest of the planet that has been stripped of whatever was being taken from there. So he walks in and he kind of slowly approaches her and um, they have a discussion about uh, him being a Mandalorian. Uh, you know, he is, um, she needs help uh, from him to uh, eliminate a Jedi that has been plaguing her. Now, Mando does a very good job here of, playing coy with her he's really there to find the jedi to to be the solution to his problem but she is but she's trying to use him as the solution to her problem so he he does a a very good job of just being indiscreet and and saying um you know well my bounty's going to be high for that like uh you know so she she pulls up this uh spear from one of the droids behind her uh he brings it up and you know, she kind of twirls it around a little bit and she's like, what do you make of this? And like presents it to him I, and he, he takes it and he clangs it right on the forearm and it has this beautiful chime. I was to just going to say they, they've got this very like specific tone that Beskar makes when you strike it and you hear it whenever his armor gets hit. You hear it when she bangs the spear mm-hmm. on the ground and then you hear like when she's fighting Ahsoka and the lightsabers hit the the staff, you hear a combination of that lightsaber like crackly sound and that high pitched metallic tone that the um, Beskar staff makes. And I just, I thought it was cool that they're giving this specific metal that they've made such a big deal about its own sound. It's got its own whole personality. It's 
shinier than anything. Mm-hmm. It sounds different. It's indestructible, essentially. You know, it's they're they're giving it a whole, like I said, a, a, a whole personality mm-hmm. of its own almost. And I know we've mentioned it before, but it's 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 one of the most valuable things in the Star Wars universe right now. Everybody wants it wherever you can find it. It, it's worth something. Well, I mean, it's, so the it's like the Middle has, Ages. If you have a suit of armor, you, you like you're indestructible. You can do anything you want, right? It's Beskar mm-hmm. makes you essentially indestructible if you have enough of it. It's like a uh, mithril in. Uh, it's like adamantium. There's, you know, the, this or magic metal is not a, a completely <laughs> original thing. <laughs> Um, but she's got a whole spear of it. So there's, there's a lot there and she makes a, a point to say it's a hundred percent pure Mandalorian. Yeah. Straight, straight so. from Mandalore <laughs> and not to, uh, not to go outside of the star Wars universe too much, but, um, I know Pedro Pascal specifically has some pretty good skills with, a uh, spear pike staff, whatever you want to call that, uh, from game of Thrones. So I wouldn't mind, seeing him swing that baby around a little bit no not at all and hopefully not get his head Um, crushed and he wore a helmet this time that was much smarter he's learned yeah (laughs) fool me once right crush my head with your palm of your hands once shame on me (laughs) i don't know that you get a second chance (laughs) here here we are it's the first time (laughs) uh so anyway he he does a great job of listening to her plight with the Jedi, hands back the spear, but never actually agrees to go kill the Jedi. Uh, he he makes that la- clear yeah, later on. When he's, he's got a thing for leaving things open-ended. A little yeah. ambiguous. <laughs> yeah, he just... It's like Dave. He just basically yeah, exactly. says, all right. She's not in the trust he tree. He just basically says, as I said, my price is high. And then she goes, bring, you know, you kill the Jedi, you get the spear. Okay, and then he just walks away. <laughs> Never says yes, just walks away. So, um, so he heads back out into the wasteland. Which um, I got a very like as he's as he's once he's out there. I got a very um, uh, princess bride. What is it? The swamp of sadness. Is that what it oh, is? I, I know there's the um, rodents of unusual uh, size and the yeah, the yeah. swamp of despair. Maybe the something like yeah, something like that. And then. Um, or even never-ending story with uh, a trade oh, artex. Oh God! Don't. The, Why would you even bring that up, Justin? <laughs> God, that's like one of the most horrible <laughs> things of my childhood. Oh, artex <laughs> drowning hard, in that horrible quicksand of sadness. Oh, uh, I I, it shows over. Out. I'm out of here. But that's the that's the vibe I got from this forest. It's very it's God, it very depressing. Forest, it wasn't but, that bad. Um, Good lord! But as he's as he's leaving, as he's going to walk out, Lang basically is escorting him out of the town. Um, Lang notices the the child in the pouch, and he asks him specifically. He he just kind of looks. He goes, "What is that thing?" And Mando at this point just goes, "I keep it around for luck." He doesn't allude to anything else other than that. And I think it's a, a great thing like, oh, it's just like a little pet, right? Because then people l- ask less It's crazy to me that it. in this this vast universe that they live in with uh, hyperspace travel and whatever and uncountable different 
species that people encounter that so much what's that <laughs> like, like it's crazy <laughs> to me that you'd be shocked to see something you don't recognize or that you would just like call a living creature of that but you know it was a long long time I mean, ago just, so that it wasn't that progressive yep. i guess i mean he's and it's it's clearly not the most open none of them around yeah. what'd you say josh i said i don't think lang is the most like open-minded individual oh, okay. in the galaxy okay that could be no not at all um so he mando heads back out into the forest he's traipsing through the woods um, it's very dark. It's very desolate. Um, as he's walking through the woods, though, you do get this little, um, there's something clearly following him or sort like above him. Uh, we do get a lovely shot of like an owl sitting it's in the tree. Mori, just uh, it's Morai. That's Morai, the convoy. <laughs> deep cut right there. Uh, if we, you don't know about too, that, you got to go watch the yes, Mortis arc. Yes, and Josh and I were talking about it a little bit pre-show where it was just such a very dark uh, scene um, and Morai is a very bright bird. So to see um, Morai kind of sitting there in a darkly silhouetted, and you can see the white face very clearly when when it turns, um, but it was just very hard to see. And you, But you clearly hear um, as he's walking through the forest a couple of like the bird calls. Uh, I don't know what you want to call them. Screeches, owl screeches or, or bird calls. It's whatever not an they owl, are. Justin. Um, Come on. <laughs> it's not accurate. You clearly hear them as he's walking out, as, as he's walking through the woods. So um, once he gets deep enough, I think he kind of takes a break. He decides he's going to set the child down and, um, you know, sits him down for a second. And then here is where we get our first encounter. Well, he, with he hears Ahsoka a sound and, and he's looking and he, and he says here, uh, keep your eyes open. He, he tells the, the mm-hmm. child Grogu to watch for, uh, you know, the Jedi. And he, he says, I think it was just one of those creatures, those unnamed giant herbivores. Uh, mm-hmm. and then she, she does the sneak attack. I he's thought injured. she was going to, What'd you say? Yeah, they're they're actually going to be extinct soon. Um, I thought she was going <laughs> to pop into his like uh, his visor, like point of view style, uh, but that's not mm-hmm. that's not the shot. That's not the way they went with it. Yeah, um, you know, it was an awesome, awesome brief, brief uh, attack. Um, you know, she drops down from above both lightsabers. Good ignited. on Dan putting up a fight. Mm-hmm. He did all right. He held his own. Yep. He wanted nothing to yep. do with it. He'd put a stop to it as, as soon as he got a chance. But good thing the hype was real on the best car, though, or he could have been dead. Uh, yeah, he he <laughs> trusted in it, right? <laughs> like he, he could have been uh, he yep. could have been without both hands pretty quick. He he really believed in his suit of armor there. But he's he's been indoctrinated mm-hmm. his whole life by a cult of of religious zealots. So I'm not surprised. He's a true believer. <laughs> Um, I mean, I think that's a natural reaction, though, right? When you see something falling towards you, right? Put yeah, your hands sure. up like this or block it. Unless I mean, you think that thing's going to slice your arm off if you put your arm up. Then you might not. <laughs> then I mean, you try to step to the side. I, I'm assuming this is his first encounter with a lightsaber? Well, well I'm I'm quite sure of that. I'm assuming. Like, he doesn't know. Like, I'm just going to block whatever it is. So, you know, and if... If uh, if it's only going to slice off your arm versus you know your head or go right into your head right away, take that chance. So, um, but he puts up a good fight. You hear well, that while clang? Yeah, again. that's the sound. While we're talking about it, how mm-hmm. do you guys feel about 
them making Beskar this level of strength? Are you? Do you think that's? Did is that what you expected Beskar to be? Did you think a lightsaber would be able to cut Beskar? No, I thought it was going to be glancing blows are cool, um, and it would hold up mm. more to a, a regular. You know, because lightsabers basically just go straight through like your mm-hmm. stormtrooper armor or whatever. But um, I figured, you know that it would be more protection but still not like this was intense with 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 his armor his gauntlets and like the spear I, yeah it was it seems like it's an even mm-hmm. match with the with the lightsaber yeah agreed yeah. you know the force power maybe gives them a little bit of an edge but it makes you see how the mandalorian jedi war uh was a, a closer battle i guess you know even if the jedi did end up winning per kane and Jarrus. um I, I was a little surprised by that, though. I, I you know, a, again, if you have enough Beskar, you're essentially indestructible. And that made a little bit of a, a confusing, I won't call it a plot hole, because I think people call everything a plot hole. But in season one, uh, he says that when there's the sniper up on the hill on Tatooine with the bounty hunters and yada, yada, yada. Um, they have to wait till nighttime because he says a direct shot from the sniper rifle will go through his Beskar, which mm-hmm. is the, is a direct shot from a sniper rifle stronger than a swing of a lightsaber. That seems like unreasonable to me, Apparently. but that's a thing. Did he have said. the Beskar yet at that point? I think he did. Uh, I think he did because he fought the Mudhorn in the second episode, right? Yeah. And then he returned the child and got the Beskar. So by the third episode, he had his. Yeah, it didn't take that long. Okay. We we can double check that, but I'm pretty sure he did have it. So that that's a little confusing mm, the, to me. If you uh, if you can if you can take a direct swing up close from a lightsaber like head on and stop it, I feel like you could stop almost any blaster. Although I think about like the when you're playing like any of the battlefront games and you're, you're playing as a scout. So you have the sniper rifle. It's definitely like a charged, like intense blaster bolt. So maybe that's, it's just like, that's, that's directed and intense enough in one spot that it, you know, it, it hits with more force than a lightsaber swing would, even though, awesome. you know, the lightsaber swing. Hey, Star Wars friends. It's Josh, your favorite Star Wars awesome. friend. And he could have also been wrong. John Williams 1%. You know, there's that thing where, you know, we <laughs> you didn't see it John happen, so he like just me. said it would happen. But here's a piece of right. John Williams trivia to help you push but up I don't your know. glances That's, at the other you know, things I thought about. Did you know that John Williams has 52 Academy Award nominations in his career to date? The only other person with more nominations is some guy named Walter Disney? Never heard of the guy. Make sure to... Stay on target and listen to the Star Wars Friends podcast every week for more John Williams content. We hope you're enjoying this episode of the Star Wars Friends podcast. Subscribe to the Star Wars Friends for weekly episodes featuring the latest news, in-depth analysis, fan questions, and conversation on all things Star Wars. If you're enjoying the Star Wars Friends, please leave us a review on whatever podcast app you're listening on. And make it a great one. Now, back to the Star Wars Friends. 
Um, so we get into this great quick battle with Ahsoka and Mando. Um, you know, he busts out a lot of his usual tricks, uh, tries to light her on fire, burns her cloak. Uh, you know, she kind of like sheds it off, does a backflip out. And immediately, as soon as she lands, he lassos her up, arms in. Um, she, I love this part because she just kind of looks down at it and then looks back up at him and smiles and then just jumps up over a tree branch and starts to pull him up uh, because she's attached to him. Uh, and he quickly, he qu- quickly, um, I think, recognizes that she's a Jedi and says, blurts out, Ahsoka Tano, Bo-Katan sent me. We need to talk. I think he also realized he did not want any more of that fight. Like at, at, at no. every second, he <laughs> no. was getting less and less likely to keep all his limbs. And, and at this point, if he just blurts out Ahsoka Tano and she just doesn't go, to stop for she a goes, minute. I don't know yeah. who that is. At of least course I know stop him. for He's a me. second. Yeah. yeah. Know him. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, he blurts that out real quick. She kind of pauses, taken aback that, you know, she, he knows her name. Um, and, she she looks back at him and says, "Well, I hope it's about him." Looking at the child who is sitting on the rock, uh, back behind them, watching this encounter go down. So uh, I, you know, there was so much dialogue and conversation back and forth between Mando and Ahsoka, and you got so much information here in in all of these scenes of them in the forest. Uh, it was a lot to take in. You really have to go back and watch it a couple times to fully get all of the information that was brought out. We were talking about this um, a little bit Friday on the live show, 7.30 Fridays, every Friday. You should come join us if you don't normally. But uh, because she obviously knew his name and knew his backstory and said all these things about uh, he was in the temple and he was trained by a bunch of Jedi masters, and uh, but somebody took him. So one of the things I was saying is, I don't think they were really having a conversation. She wasn't, you know, that's what I think some people in the chat were saying is they weren't really talking. Um, They could just kind of sense each other's. And and she did kind of say that there was a a quick exchange. Yeah. He he says, do you understand him? Din asked her because she told him his name is Grogu. And she says, in a way, Grogu and I can feel each other's thoughts. So, you know, they, they get these impressions and it's, it's a lot like how Yoda explains visions of the future and things like that. Um, it's not super clear, but you get this idea of what's going on, which is cool. That's how the force is. It's never like do this, do that. It, it's just these kind of vague images and implications, mm-hmm. suggestions. And I think in that initial conversation, it was funny because when she says, um, you know, Grogu and I can feel each other's thoughts, Mando's very taken aback that, oh, this guy has a name? <laughs> like, wait a minute, what? And you, you can, as soon as he says Grogu, the, the child looks over at him like, hey, yeah, yeah, finally. that's my name. Yeah. That's me. That was really <laughs> cute. Like, Dude, the way he kept that's what I've been trying him. to tell you. Yeah. yeah. And then he, he kind of takes a couple steps forward towards the child and he says it again he says it a second time and he says grogu and he like looks back again at him and it was yeah it was they're making sure that him. you see him respond to it yeah yeah so um it was nice to see that well, it, it um, brought up a question too because she specifically said that he was being trained at the jedi temple uh during order 66 but someone took him from mm-hmm. the temple and that well, but they, 
I thought it was interesting because prior to that, it says he was hidden in the conversation. She says, at the end of the Clone Wars, when the Empire rose to power, he was hidden. So somebody hid him. And then it goes on to say someone took him from the temple. So it's weird. Like, so whoever hid him or whoever took it, whoever took him knew where he was or got that information from whoever hid him. There's definitely more to that story. And and you wouldn't, you wouldn't have said those things unless you planned on giving at least some kind of detail. I wouldn't think. I hope so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, she does go on to say, you know, his memory becomes, she pauses and says dark. Um, he seemed lost alone. Uh, I've known only, I've only known one other being like this, a wise Jedi master named Yoda. Can he still wield the force? And that's like a a traumatic response. You know, there's the light side and the dark side of the force. And clearly that was like bad things were happening to him. It was a dark time. So there's the dark side of the force, but then there's also like, these are bad memories for him and they're things he's blocking out. So she's not getting these clear images cause it's not something he's clearly remembering cause he was being held prisoner and harvested for his blood essentially by mm-hmm. a bunch of scientists in a lab. And, you know, I, I think Dr. Pershing at least cared about his well being to some degree. He's uh, like the worst guy we've ever met in this show, but right. uh, it was still a miserable experience and I'm sure. Uh, that's very hard for a lot of people to hear about poor baby Yoda Grogu. Well, and I thought Dr. Pershing did a really good job of of kind of portraying two different people. When when Mando first encounters him, um, you know, back on Navarro in, in that little makeshift lab, right? He's very skittish and scared. No, oh, I was trying to save him. I was trying to save him, right? And then when you see him on the hologram in the last episode, he's very direct and giving the facts and basically says if i have the child again i won't fail you and he's a very different persona in that image than what he huh. was when mando encountered See, him. i felt I'd like he was too. basically groveling for his life in both of them like in the one mando literally had a gun to his head so he's like don't kill me don't kill me don't kill me i was not i was good to the child i mm-hmm. didn't i could have i kept him alive i took care of him yada yada and then in the hologram he's like moff gideon please don't kill me i just need the child to get more <laughs> blood and i can do this and i like i think mm-hmm. in both instances he's being a bit of a coward it felt like right on brand for me i just i felt he was just more on point with like, you know, like if you do something at your job and you don't do it the right way and your boss kind of comes down on you, you basically go, look, you know, I'll fix it. I'll do it right. I'll get it right the second time. And he was very direct with his results as to the cloning or whatever they were, the dark science that they were up to uh, in that building. So I thought he was, he was kind of being a little bit two-faced uh, with them. But I mean, I would be scared too if Mando barged mm-hmm. in on me trying to find the child and he's holding a gun yeah. to my head. So um, I, I think the he, conversation I think goes he, on. he probably did care about the, I think he's a scientist. He was much like Galen or so pressed into service by the empire. Uh, and he probably did care about this child to some degree, but also he's got to look out for number one. And we know Moff Gideon like literally kills his people if they don't do what he wants, or even if he's just having mm-hmm. a bad day. Um, so he is, um, maybe a little bit of a coward, but also 
like maybe a, a medium decent person or just a scientist in a really tough situation. Yeah, I agree. I was going to say, I just wanted to say before you moved on, we hear a pretty clear um, little couple bars of Yoda's theme when uh, she men- mentioned Yoda, which was a nice touch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One Again, of my favorites. Music on point throughout. Yes. Um, so when she asks, can he still wield the force? At this point, Mando's not sure what that is. So he says, you mean his powers? Mm-hmm. Um, and here we get Ahsoka explaining the force to Mando, basically saying, the force is what gives him his powers. It is an energy field created by all living things. To wield it takes a great deal of training and discipline. Um, and Mando says, I've seen him do things I can't explain. My task was to bring him to a Jedi. Wow. Ahsoka alludes to the Jedi Order fell a long time ago. And Mando makes it very clear, so did the Empire, yet it still yeah. hunts him. He well, needs your help. Din, Din lived in the sewers for 30 years. There's a whole lot of shit he can't explain. <laughs> so that like that that means nothing to me, right. first of all. Um, <laughs> that was like my main point there. But I I forgot what I was going to say. Crap. Um I don't know. Josh, what did you have? Nothing. Oh, crap. Well, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> All right. You're going to have to cut that part oh. out, Kyle. <laughs> um, there was a lot of other conversation in here uh, when it comes to, you know, when he's he talks about. Uh, and I think Oh, I, I do remember what I was uh, going to say. Piece. Sorry. Um, we've heard we've heard like a million different people explain what the force is a million we've heard five or six but they all do it in kind of their own way and i i was i was slightly disappointed that ahsoka um basically repeated one we've already heard when she said it's you know an energy created by all living things um which i mean i guess it just is what it is but you know master Luke called it attention. And, you know, there's just these, these different ways of, of, of describing it. And I thought I wanted, I wanted Ahsoka who has like chosen her own path and left the Jedi to explain the force in maybe like a little bit different way. And I know that's like such a huge ask from me, but I was just like slightly disappointed in that. Because she does have a very different perspective. Yeah, that's what than I thought. Your more traditional Jedi. So I, I, I would like would, for her to have would, like her own viewpoint on it, which would have, mm-hmm. you know. Plus, you know, and, and then there's another Ahsoka quote about the Force, which is great. But this was mm-hmm. fine too. <laughs> Can't have I everything, know, Kyle. I know, Can't I'm have too everything. We got too live picky. action Ahsoka, and you want. And the I just whole wanted thing. it to be perfect. I know. I know. <laughs> Um, so, and I believe it's in the same conversation where, um, Din brings up the training, uh, of the child with her and he's trying to, he's trying to get rid of this tells baby, him sort of, yeah. And, and, you know, she straight up tells him, you know, I'm not going to train him. Uh, you know, we, he's, he's got, he's just too, too old. old. He can't do the training. He's too old. Um, you know, and he he kind of beg he kind of pleads with Ahsoka, and says, "Look, you know, this kid needs help. You know, please." Um, so she goes, "Fine. You know, we'll we'll run a test, right? We'll check that in. See how he does. See what we got going test. on here. Yeah, yeah. So 
we cut we go to another scene where you know they're in the woods and while i'm um, picking nits i think sh- the color mm-hmm. of her skin looks not great in this there's never broad daylight on this hazy gross uh, planet we're on but uh the the orange they went with she was she had her cloak off so it was bare arms and bare face and chest a little bit and and the m- most lighting we got the whole episode and the color was not great to me and i I know that's picky but it was a little it was a little fine it was a little too like crayon orange to me Mm. compared not the brighter the brighter orange that we see um well and there was a lot of people i know out there that were not not super happy with the length of the lake that was my biggest complaint with the overall (laughs) look was i thought the lake who looked kind i i don't want to say cheap but they did not look like they were like super professionally produced and they looked too small and the you know as as ahsoka grew and got older the the blue markings got more vertical and a little thinner and her leku got longer uh and they're they look very much like her youngest version in the live action, which mm-hmm. is very different than her rebels version, which was just a few years ago. And then just, I feel like that the overall make of them, the pro- production quality of them was not really up to par with a lot of the other stuff we've seen in this show, like the Mandalorian mm-hmm. armor and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think for me, um, and I'm sure you've had dealt with these kind of things before too, but I've just had enough experiences where the like movie version of something is so bad as in compared to the cartoon version of it, like yeah. Michael Bay's Ninja Turtles. Oh my god! Right. <laughs> most, so most X Men things. Yeah. <laughs> when when yeah. So when I know like okay, these things aren't as long as they're supposed to be, but. I know the practical reason for that, you know, because it's for her moving around and doing the stunts and stuff. Like, I'm like, okay, well, what, what did I, what, what was the answer to that? Like they, they literally probably couldn't have done that and had it looked, look good. The only other person we've seen do this is shock T and shock T didn't really move. She mostly stood around. Um, yeah. I plus think I kind of learned yeah. what Dave's attitude is on this through reading that vanity fair article. And he, they were talking about like when they were getting her ready um, and, and she basically like, she has brown eyes and it's okay has blue eyes. And, and Dave was literally like, you know, if you don't want to wear the contacts, you know, it will just say in this version, Ahsoka doesn't have blue eyes. So it's like, he's not sweating this, like the quote yeah. unquote small stuff. Right. So, right. but and I, thankfully for that, she was like, you know, no, we, no, I need to cool do this. And she, it, yeah. she actually said, she said in the article that like when she had the makeup on and she had the the montrails and the headtails on like she th- felt like a cosplayer but then when she put the contacts in she looked in the mirror and she was Ahsoka. So it's kind of cool, I'm but. glad she made that choice. I think that whether it makes a big difference to Dave Filoni or not, I think it makes a big difference to a lot of people. I'm glad she did that. And I think it if was they one were of- if they were just physically shorter, 
but they looked maybe slightly more natural and the paint scheme was a little better. I, I would have felt better about that justification, but I think the the size and the paint and they looked kind of fake to me. Um, and I, I'm I'm really not trying to pick nits, but I think I just think they could have been. He's picking. I think nits. they could have been done a little better. Yeah, even yeah. if they had to be short for practical reasons, I think they could have been done a little better. And I, I know she said during that she was super nervous um, about it, about the character, and about who she was about to portray. But at the same time, she also understood the gravity essentially of the character she was about to play. Cause as she said, uh, I think she just did a recent interview maybe for vanity fair, um, where she said she was the day that she was on set, that picture that you see with George Lucas and the child, she was there in costume when that picture was taken, like right off, like right out of right out of frame. Yeah. Right out of focus, right right out of frame. Yep. She said she was there in costume when that picture was taken. Dave was there. George was there. So I think in that moment, like she understood, like, I got to get this right. Like I can't, you know, costuming aside, Rosario knew she had to get the character. right, And And I think that's, that's super important to the fans. Uh, in general. I, I will say on a positive note, prosthetics aside, the actual costume was incredible. Her cloak mm-hmm. looked great, even when it was all raggedy at, uh, towards the end and blowing in the wind, which I think was like a nice follow-up to it got burnt up earlier. And then when she's standing up yeah. on the ledge, it's like <laughs> kind of raggedy. Um, and she has on these, these like Hakama type pants and uh, she just looked super cool. And, and she also had that thing where she's got the cloak on and she looks like a, you know, whatever, a wandering salesperson or whatever vendor, but she pops the cloak off and then she's got like her, her sleeveless ready to like go to battle top on. Um, it was just a good look. Gauntlets. And, yep. and Ahsoka has gotten a lot of wardrobe changes over the years too. So this was a good, uh, a fine addition to her collection. Mm-hmm. Well, and this was definitely based like on the rebels gear. She even had that, like that, that's like metal circle belt buckle thing. Like mm-hmm. she had that, the, the, like exactly the same as the rebels costume or outfitter. So, yeah, the costuming was great. Uh, I think Rosario did a great job. Um, you know, prosthetics and things aside overall, I, I, I thought it was, you know, not, I think some of the, I think uh, some for the, for the Ahsoka, intro. Uh, some of the physical stuff was like a, a tiny bit clunky to me. Uh, the, like, specifically blocking the blaster bolts up on the rooftop and then running across the rooftops. And I'm again, I'm not trying to be like overly critical, but um, you know, Soka's kind of known for some of that stuff. And I think it looked slightly mm-hmm. forced or unnatural or I don't mm-hmm. know. So speaking of we, not that, not that it's easy to run across into... a roof. I'm sure it's not, <laughs> but no, I've only done it like five times in my life, but um, parkour. <laughs> Uh, yeah uh so we you know when when she goes to test the child basically saying all right let's let's administer one test and see how he does so she takes a rock and floats it across uh what probably five six feet uh over to the child you know he takes it out of the air and she says okay send it back to me 
And he just kind of looks at it and then looks at her and is just like, meh, and just kind of drops it on the ground. <laughs> like, I'm not going to play. Well, she game. explains that he's, and, he's been, I, uh, I, I think the whole thing that's going on here is he doesn't really know her. He doesn't trust her. And he's not going to just do this on command because right. his ability to use the force and his connection to the force has been a liability. It's caused him to be hunted um, and, and basically like abused and, and imprisoned. And so he's, he's tried to hide the fact that he, he can do it. And that's why she, right. she had to force Din to connect with him to, to convince him that it was okay. Incentivize him a little bit and be like, look, it's fine. We're playing with the toy. Mm-hmm. It's okay to do this because it's something that he's been scared of. And it's like, she, she mentions is he's, he's full of fear and he's been afraid to use the yeah. force. And it, and it works when Daddy Din steps in and says, here, let's try it with this. And he pulls out the shift knob, which is something that the child clearly wants um, and says, all right, let's take this. And he holds it up and how quickly the child used the force to pull it back to his hand out of Din's hands was right there. It's kind of like, I think that's where Ahsoka goes. That's a red flag. Like he didn't just float it over. He went and took it quickly out of Din's hands. I really like that moment where he's like, all right, kid, let's do this. And she, I thought it was a very <laughs> Ahsoka moment that she like playfully was like, no, Grogu, like Grogu. You know, reminded yeah. him of his name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't read I it like it that. Very... I didn't think she was like, I didn't think it concerned her that he snatched the ball or that he, he like grabbed it quickly or anything like that. I think that was like, once he once it was someone he trusted and he was made to believe that it was okay then he could use the force but the fact that he is scared to use it and he has that fear in him mm-hmm. and that he is attached enough to din to be able to overcome that fear and listen to him and these things that that fear and that attachment together are such a concern such a deadly combination that mm-hmm. you this high M count that we know about, he's way too strong in the force. <laughs> and then he's been through too much trauma and his, his fear and attachment are, are now make him untrainable because it's just too dangerous. That's in her opinion. Mm-hmm. I think that's where we're at. Yeah. And, and, and I, th- I think I got that just cause you know, when she's playing with him initially, she just floats it over very gently. Like, okay, this is just real calm. We're just gonna, you know, test this power a little bit. And like, I think with how aggressively he yanked it out of Din's hands, knowing it was something he wanted, he was okay to use the force powers, but knowing it was something that he wanted, like it was a possession to him. I think for her, she's like, "Mm, that, that attachment is not good. Um, You know, and this is, but this is the conversation where we learn um, and we reflect back on Anakin. And she says, I've seen what this can do to fully developed Jedi masters. Mm -hmm. And it's not good. It it, it doesn't. Yeah, I said end well. I said this Friday too, but like sh- I, I think it's worth noting that that is what the prequels are about. That's largely what Star Wars is about. Uh, Anakin Skywalker was so attached to Padme, his wife, his this person that he like has been infatuated with since he was a small slave child. Um, you could also say his attachment to his mother. Uh, and then his fear of losing them uh, created this monster. That's why he was able. He he would mm-hmm. do whatever he could 
to protect them. And it led him down this dark path because of his fear and his attachments. And it created, you know, like the, one of the worst villains in the history of villains. And, and so she's not going to follow the same recipe again with another super powerful force wielder. Fool me once, you know, Mm -hmm. it's much like the face smashing. (laughs) Here we go again. (laughs) Um, So, you know, as we're, as they kind of continue on with this conversation, she basically says, Nope, I'm not going to train him. Um, you know, she says, that's not my mission or that's not basically why I'm here. I'm not a Jedi um, anymore. I don't have to do any damn thing. I don't want no Padawans <laughs> for me. Nope. Uh, so, but then Dan in this basically says, you know, look, I'll help you with the magistrate, um, to get what you want. If you take the child so that I can help him basically. So here we are changing the deal again or bartering again to kind of, uh, keep the story moving and she agrees, uh, to it. And, not, not know, to skip ahead he, here, but like other than keeping what's his name occupied Lang occupied for like a few minutes. Did Mando like really help? Like, <laughs> yes. did he do much in this, in this <laughs> siege? I, I feel like he just stood there that. in a, in a, for a, a shootout with Lang for a while. And Ahsoka did literally everything yep. else. <laughs> I got that vibe too. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> you're not the only That's one. probably when, when he was um, like, yeah, your, your laser swords are going to be no match for all those blasters. She was like, yeah, okay. Okay, you, bro. You, you can come play, I guess. <laughs> Whatever. Well, you know, he did let her borrow his uh, pauldron. So yeah, he was part of the, he was part that's of the true. ruse. Yeah. She, she knew he was defenseless. So that's why yeah, she only put he, him up he was, Lang. He, <laughs> he was, he was vulnerable to a shoulder wound. <laughs> <laughs> Even though there's gaps in all of the armor and well, they have blaster doesn't they have hit blaster any of them. Magnets in them. I'm surprised you didn't know that. <sighs> maybe that's Ridiculous. maybe that's maybe so that's anyway, one of the they things work out about Beskar is that it like has this magnetic effect on blaster bolts, so it pulls them away from the seams. It's the only time stormtroopers are a good shot is when they're shooting at Beskar armor. They can hit that th- that <laughs> stuff hit directly, all the metal yeah. or if they're shooting at plot armor. Yep, you know. Oh yeah, no, they can't hit that at all. So, so they continue to work out the semantics of the attack, um, and this is where we get that beautiful line of, um, a, a, what is it, a Jedi and a Mandalorian? They'll never see it coming because um, we get a, a dynamic cop duo here that's gonna. And I think she gives him a little look the, because she like has literally done a Mandalorian and a Jedi before. Like she's done that team up. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, yeah. oh, Din, you, you know, you know, nothing, Din Jaren. Yeah. Uh, so new to the <laughs> world. Uh, but this yeah, is, so a, this is half right, a Game of go. Thrones podcast now. Hi, I'm Kyle. Will you be an angel for a helpless baby Yoda? Every day, Baby Yoda is chased by bounty hunters and abused by scout troopers, and he's crying out for help. Please click the subscribe button on your screen and join the Star Wars friends with a monthly gift right now. For only 60 calamari flan a month, you'll help rescue Baby Yoda from their abusers and provide food, shelter, Jedi training, and Beskar armor. Subscribe now and follow us on Twitter in the next 30 minutes to receive this tweet with a gif of Baby Yoda. 
who's been given a second chance thanks to you. Baby Yoda needs our help, so please subscribe, rate, and review right away. Hey, this is Dominic Pace, who played Gecko the Bounty Hunter from The Mandalorian. Happy to be your Star Wars friend. You're listening to The Star Wars Friend Show. <laughs> so uh, we move to where we're back. We're back in the city. We're going to face the magistrate. Um, Ahsoka is taking out troopers left and right again. Red shirt's um, going down the everywhere. Giant wall. Yep, she scales that giant wall. Um, while they they're trying to sound the gong, they sound the gong. Slices she it right in half. Gets up there, takes them out, cuts it right in half. And there's this cool sound though when she cuts it down and it hits the ground and you just it's rolling and it makes like that uh like when you see people play like water gla- glasses mm-hmm. filled with water and they're moving it around the rim uh, of the glass, you hear that kind of just rolling sound and then they fall off the edge and just bang, bang, bang. Uh, really, really cool scene there. She jo- jumps down. Um, she starts to take out individual guards um, a little bit and then she's walking towards the main part uh, of the building. And we have Lang and his posse here of... Um, I don't know, troopers in the two the two HK droids like a, right? elite guards HK or droids something. in there. Yeah, his elite guards. Um, and this was really cool because this scene was almost um, identical to uh, a Kurosawa film called Yojimbo, uh, <laughs> which is Yojimbo. from 1961. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, it, it's it's very. It, I mean, it's dead on. It was the same same shot. It's it's one one person against. Uh, the evil, the bad guys, That's right? Thing. And they're all lined up there. Yep. Um, so it was a really, really cool shot. Again, a throwback to kind of the Japanese style samurai uh, warrior films um, and also the that's Westerns. Ver- that's that very much represents. what Ahsoka is these days. She's a lone warrior. She's the Ronin. She's, you know, mm-hmm. off on her own, yep. following her her own moral compass. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, so she basically pulls out Mando's shoulder pauldron from under her cloak, from under her cloak, which is a favorite Jedi outfit, um, and chucks the pauldron, chucks the pauldron at him, and says, "Your bounty hunter failed. Uh, it didn't work. I've come for my information." Basically, so um, here we get this great scene uh, around the city. It's not a. I don't, I don't think it's a very big city. Um, Town. But, you know, she's kind of. Yeah, so the troops are basically open fire on her. Um, she she darts away. She That's where she climbs she up on the roof the and blocks blocks some bolts mm-hmm. with both sabers, which uh, she does the the standard grip on those. Normally, when Ahsoka Tano in the animated shows blocks lightsabers, she does it with the reverse grip, um, and then she kind of scurries across the top of those buildings, and then she's you know sneaking through alleys and taking them out one by one. Um, until she essentially gets them all. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and then she gets through, and she gets over to the wall. The only one she hasn't eliminated at this point, I think, is yep. Lang. And that's when Mando finally and, shows up. And, yeah, she gets through the wall. Lang's trying to get back 
to where the magistrate is, and that's when Mando drops in. My uncles uh, would call him a blister because he shows up when the work's done. <laughs> <laughs> he jumps in and basically just keeps laying at bay. Yeah, he that's just, all he they does. They just had a standoff. Is, they and, just stared at each other. Yeah, but it was, you know, it, it, for those that are Tombstone fans out there, um, there Michael Bean played Johnny Ringo, who was a sharpshooter, a pistol sharpshooter uh, in the movie. And he makes this line, he says this line to, to Mando, he says, I got no quarrel with you, Mandalorian, which was very reminiscent of what his character Johnny Ringo says to Doc Holliday in Tombstone, where he says, my fight's not with you, Holliday. So it was, it was kind of cool to just see that moment. Um, and he... he he makes he alludes to basically the fact that you know um uh, what do i want to say like uh he says uh maul said it kind of in a way that but maul referenced justice i think where justice is only the construct of the person that's in power and i think uh lang was kind of alluding to that same thing like look i'm just following orders from some causes are worth dying for and this is not one of them Mm mm-hmm yeah, like he was scared. Like, uh, look, I, I get it, Mando. I'm done. And he tries to. Well, he's a, he's a mercenary. Now, he, they established that being, at the beginning. He's a sellsword. You know, he'll he'll fight for whoever mm-hmm. is paying him. So he's not really. Yes. He's not a true believer. Bron- <laughs> and I think at this point he's trying to save <laughs> yes. his own skin, right? Like he's, he's brown of the Blackwater. Like, yeah. I'm, yeah. So he's putting his gun down, and he he he's well in the entire time he's listening to. Like we will we'll cut to the other scene, Ahsoka and the magistrate, who are now they can hear um, those nice clangs in, over through over the wall, yeah, hand to hand. Which combat. I, you know, I I realize um, w- what translate to to good TV and and what makes like perfect in canon sense isn't always the exact same thing. But like this random human with a spear put up a hell of a fight against a dual wielding yeah. master Jedi. And he even managed to disarm one of her lightsabers into the Koi pond. That's mm-hmm. like, uh, that's a lot for me. That was, uh, I was very surprised by that. Mm-hmm. I think this and her fight with Mando are kind of showing you that even though she was murking all those no name soldiers, she still does have that restraint and killing someone isn't going to be her first option. Like once sure. she like lost, she's like, okay, I need to stop playing with this lady because I lost a lightsaber. So now I'm going to end And that's like why she flipped the saber to the reverse grip and went to like, yeah. okay, now I'm done. That that was the Star Wars equivalent of uh, turning the hat backwards. That, and saying, I was no just going to say that's uh, <laughs> over the so top this, there. I love the duality of the scene because you had the, you had this, the samurai movie, on the inside of the palace grounds, and then you had the mm-hmm. Western shootout yeah. on the outside of the palace grounds, which the, like the whole reason why all of this echoes is because Westerns in themselves were a tribute to samurai films in the yeah, first place. The same thing. And so I, I was watching, like I was like, oh, this this fight is like Kill Bill, which I then I realized is a tribute uh, to yeah. a samurai movie <laughs> called Lady Snowblood from the seventies. Yeah. So, um, or at least that scene in Kill Bill is so. Mm-hmm. It was very cool. Oh, yeah. And it was, and I can't remember when, does she ask the magistrate at the beginning of the fight or it was at the end of the fight? It's at the end once she finally, right? like, it's not at the end. Yeah. So she finally. The question. Yeah, the, the question. question. The question. Um, so she disarms her and, finally. you know, 
basically finally stops playing around, put the hat backwards and finally asks her, where is your master? Grand Admiral Thrawn. Dun, dun, dun. Mm-hmm. I love that. Name I love drop. that Steve Lynn said that he's watching it at three in the morning and he literally, <laughs> literally says, oh, Josh is really happy somewhere. And his wife says, who's Josh? <laughs> yeah. Who's Josh? So speaking like, of that, that's mention, Josh from State Farm. <laughs> he sounds a hideous. Little, <laughs> a little faded symbol on the HK droids helmets that you could only see if you paused it and turned the brightness up. But it was there. I, I okay. That's where I went wrong. I didn't see it. I tried to look for it. I didn't on the. You're talking on the yeah, HK there's droids. There's the Thrawn's right? Seventh Fleet okay. Chimera is. Uh, symbol is on there. It's the one that would would have been on like the the shoulder of any of his troopers on um, you know his on the Chimera. Mm-hmm. Um, but they yeah no. So I saw the the online picture, but then when I so when I watched it back, I was looking for it, and the place that where you would see it is like that scene where they're both in the alley and one of them turns to the other one and says something in Hatties and then turns back like that. If you pause right there, you can and squint, you can see it, <laughs> but it's definitely mm. there. Yeah. I was looking for, it. I didn't get that far though to like to freeze frame to look, but I'm going to check it out when we get done. So, um, but yeah, so we've got this huge, huge name drop of grand Admiral Thrawn in live action. Um, and clearly Ahsoka is trying to track down Thrawn and presumably Ezra. Thrawn has just been sure, climbing up these levels of canon. He, I mean, he was Legends. He got in a novel. He got into a show. Mm-hmm. Now he's in a live action show. I mean, like, this guy, he's making moves. He's yeah. got a second oh, yeah. trilogy. He's like pa- he's, he's a power he's player. A big time player. <laughs> A second book trilogy, uh, not so, a not a movie trilogy. Sorry. Who, who knows? It was very interesting too. Yeah, that's yeah. what Ryan Johnson. It was very interesting do. too. Oh man, the Ryan Johnson <laughs> yeah. Throne oh. trilogy. Oh, he could do the best Who Done It with like a a brilliant Admiral Thrawn mastermind figuring out some scheme. Let's look at their art. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we we get a great. I, I thought this was very cool too because the fight scene with. Um, Ahsoka and the magistrate, it kind of leaves it open because she doesn't kill the magistrate. You don't see her kill it's the magistrate. It's not her way. She's not, a, she's not just a murderer. Yeah, but it was on the converse of that, on the converse of that, right outside, right? Oh, he's gone. You have Lang who's playing coy with Mando and he's like, all right, I'm going to go ahead and put my gun down. And Mando kind of goes, all right, I'll go ahead and holster my sidearm. And he puts his gun back into the sidearm, or he puts his sidearm back into his holster. And Lang, you see the smile oh, come you up knew. on his you face. Tell. He's like, "Oh, here's he gonna." <laughs> he's like, "Here's my opportunity," and he tries to draw his pistol. And here you get the uh, the ten paces yeah, and the shoot quick draw. Uh, or shoot out at the OK Corral quick draw. Um, you know, Which, shot. Like, and he tries to take a shot. He's at Mando. no poker player because he uh, like. He made a total face right before he even pulled his no. gun. He telegraphed it. Like, oh my, <laughs> right. come on, man. Yep. If you're going to yep. make your move, make so your move. Mando, Mando quickly puts him in his place and uh, shoots him dead. That's he his did. thing. He's, he's quick uh, with, the, with the gun. Yeah. Yeah. So here we have, you know, the hunter uh, taking out the prey. So, uh, well, you I know, when very cool one to chooses to walk the way of the Mandalore, scenes. you're both hunter and prey. I don't yeah. know if you knew that. And he knows his weapons because they're part of his religion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so we finish up and, you know, the, the city is, is back to all of a sudden it's sunny and bright again and it's happy. It, not yeah. really, but, um, the forest the is still, it was still, it was still um, much brighter. But people though. are happy. Yeah. Yes. It was much brighter. People are happier. The villagers have come out of their houses. Um, they're all singing yub nub. It's just a great time. <laughs> we get the, um, uh, the, uh, uh wing, um, it was a governor yeah, wing. wing. They, they didn't um, call him a governor. They called him something else. Uh, oh, they did call him a governor. I lied. Governor wing. Yeah. They put yeah. his, his cloak back on. Cause when you get, they put his when cloak you get removed as governor, they take your jacket. <laughs> Gold jacket, green jacket. Green jacket. Who gives a shit? <laughs> It's much like winning the match. I mean, the, the jacket is important. Just ask yeah. Shooter McGavin. We should start calling Mando Shooter McGavin. <laughs> it's a Happy Gilmore reference for those that don't know. If you don't know, if you don't know Happy Gilmore, on. get out. If you out. don't know, if you don't know, and that's also where we got chubs. All the hips. Ease and attention, baby. Ease and all attention. in the hips, baby. We've made this. We made plenty of Happy Gilmore <laughs> references on uh, the last episode because, or two episodes ago, because we were talking about Carl Weathers. <laughs> yeah, I like a reference true, to my true. other favorite um, movies and TV shows, so I'll do it at any chance I get. I was waiting for you to say something like my uh, favorite sports movie or something. <laughs> like, I I do love a good sport event. That's not true. I'm not in sports at all. <laughs> <laughs> um. So we get you know these lovely parting shots um of Mando and Child and Ahsoka, and I think at this point Mando, um, in this in his head he is thinking i think he thought he was saying uh, goodbye that he is leaving yeah. the child he thought he was saying goodbye He's yes a little to the choked child up about it too i think he i think he thought ahsoka agreed to the terms of the bargain to which she promptly she tells him, him i'm not going yeah. to train him yeah she's like i don't want him i don't want him. i think he might have shed a tear under that under that uh mandalorian helmet i would yeah i would agree um so, you know, she says, I'm not going to train him. And, and basically, she, in an Ahsoka fashion, she says, he needs to carve his own path. He needs to make his own choice on well, this matter, matter, whether he wants to be trained or not. I think, I think at first she was saying, it's a no. It's not safe. It's a bad idea. I'm not going to do it. It just shouldn't be done. But didn't kind of pressed it. And he was like, well... I, this is my quest. I have like, to do, do it. I do? I, this is like, I don't, right. I'm a, I'm a religious zealot who's been indoctrinated by these crazy people. I don't know how to make a decision for myself. So like, I just have to do this thing. And so she is like, well, okay, fine. If you must, then you can go to this temple. And if he chooses, if that's what he wants and he chooses to leave you, cause I think that's part of it is he's attached to, mm -hmm. Uh, Din, so if he chooses to forego that attachment, then you know maybe she feels a little bit better about that decision, um, and maybe breaking those ties would would make that a safer thing. But if you choose that, and then if a Jedi shows up to train you, but there's not too many Jedi left, then you can get trained. But she's like basically washing her hands of it. But here's your second option mm -hmm. since you're going to keep begging. Your quest continues. Well, he's been quested, which is I don't think <laughs> quest can be a, like a verb like that. 
her. I guess it is a verb. Oh. But did, did anyone yeah. think like they're like, oh, he's so attached to Din, and I'm, I, oh, there was a part of my brain that was like, okay, this, this child Grogu is fifty years old, right? <laughs> he's been with, he's been palling around with Din for six months, maybe not even. Yeah, give mm-hmm. me a break. Yeah, they're playing fast and loose. Like, they told us he was 50 in the first episode, and then they're kind of, like, pretending it's not really a thing that much. But he was presumably in the Jedi yeah, Temple. life experiences. Yeah, he was in the Jedi Temple for, like, 30 years, probably, with all the the Jedi right. Masters and his fellow younglings and all those things, which, like, how does – I could – <laughs> how does that feel to be the 30 year old youngling in, in youngling class at the Jedi temple when the, the human younglings move on? I actually have a thought about this. I think because of um, like his development um, and this actually perfect. I think what, that was he, he getting homeschooled in the Jedi of, temple or something. Yeah. Some sort of special project, you know, Yoda would have known <laughs> some, like, Oh, my species e-learning. is different or whatever. And then that would also explain why like maybe a so, cause you would think, if he was at the Jedi Temple, he was at the Jedi Temple that long. He she would have had a like class this. with him or something. They would have known. Yeah, together. they would have had yeah. you know bio one on one together or something. And so, and so right. her not knowing him even uh, leads lead like helps that headcanon of mine that he was like sequestered somewhere. It's actually going to come out that Ahsoka and Grogu were in the same divination class years ago. They just forgot because Ahsoka sat in the back and didn't pay attention or something. Grogu's like, yeah, I sat three seats yeah, behind I was, you. I was paying attention to me. <laughs> like, you thought I was a illusion. I was right next this to you like in defense I... against the dark arts. You don't even remember? <laughs> this is like when I go to the mall, yeah. when I go to visit my parents, and I run into somebody, and they're like, hey, Josh, how's it going? And I'm like, hey, buddy. buddy. <laughs> hey, guy. <laughs> Good to see you. There you are. <laughs> and I wasn't popular, um, so that shows you how cool the person that saw me was. Oh, scraping the bottom of the barrel in your hometown then at that point. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So I'm just putting this out there, though. Right. She says he was raised at the Jedi Temple on Coruscant. Before Order 66. Well, certainly not after. Yeah. Who else was in the Jedi Temple on Coruscant during that time? Everyone. Yoda and Yaddle. Brown chicken, brown cow. I'm... Just saying, that's why he was hidden. Yoda, <laughs> Yoda oh. didn't want anybody to know. So he's like a little... He wasn't uh, allowed to have a relationship. He's a, he's a secret love child. Well, that just makes... Kiatamundi had like many wives, he? Didn't did he? because his that, species like, part of his was story? Like near extinction or his something. His species, yeah. yes. Justin, this is, this is so, a scandalous um, claim you're making right now. Did, Salacious. So old old uh, Master Yoda, <laughs> do as I say, not as I do, Anakin. Yeah, he's... Classic Kinda, move. Yeah. <laughs> Although that's on Anakin. He didn't just tell say, I'm just so. saying, like, she said it. He was raised at the Jedi Temple on well, Coruscant. I mean, I granted, know. they're all know. taken there as infants unless they're the chosen yeah, ones. So. All Jedi are raised at the temple. It's yeah. like their thing. <laughs> I mean, but is, is, what is, is 50 years out of 900 still an infant? Or is it like by, 20? By, like, normal human fractions of life, no. You're not an infant for, like, what... <laughs> An eighteenth of your life? I don't think. No, I don't know. I got to do the math on this. That's ridiculous. Like he was essentially a newborn in the Jedi Temple. What if? What if? 
what if Yoda is not actually that old for his species when he dies, but he's just seen so much shit that he's dying young. Like uh, maybe they actually live to like 15. Okay. Like, you know, 1500. I gotcha. Yeah. I think that could be. So if you, if you, if you, uh, imagine that a human lives to be like 85 ish years old, um, Mm-hmm. Then I think the equivalent for Grogu slash Baby Yoda slash Kid slash the Child um, asset, the asset, whatever you want to call him, I think he's like four and a half. So not really an infant, but so, pre okay. pre K. Okay, still pre- still pretty young. He's a toddler. Yeah. Okay. Probably That's should crazy. probably should have a little bit firmer grasp on on language if we're being honest at four and a half. But agreed. Uh, still pretty young, you, you know. So when you were four and a half, you could talk, but could you move things with your mind? That's true. I could. I could not even lift a <laughs> single rhinoceros woolly mammoth hybrid um, up in the air. I could not choke anybody without touching them, or probably at all. Uh, could not heal people with <laughs> Wait, my can we magic go back to waving this Kyle hand. Choking people. Well, I mean, when you're four, I, well, he he force choked Cara Dune. Remember when they were arm wrestling? It, I know. But you know, yeah, at four, I don't think I could could force or otherwise choke anyone. Probably. So yeah, I was I was behind him in other respects. That's fair. Mm. But taller, probably taller. But taller, yeah. I was a little more no, vertically boy. inclined at four and a half than the the one foot tall baby Yoda. I mean, he's only he's about a one foot. He's about one feet tall at fifty years. Yoda was probably what so three, three feet tall, feet three tall and a half maybe? at the most. Yeah, by by max, yeah. right? So at four and a half, he he's was a third of his total height, something eight like that. inches high. <laughs> Dude, he's tiny. Um, so you know, basically, Ahsoka's saying, "Look, you know, here here's what you got to do," and she sends him to a Jedi temple located. I Tython. can't remember the name of the planet. Tython, thank you. Located on Tython. You got any details on Tython, uh, Josh? Keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> I believe, if I am if I'm not mistaken, it was the first, believed to be the first Jedi temple. I thought that I, I was the one, the one on Octo. Octo is the first Jedi temple. Come on, stop trying mm. to erase the last Jedi. It was a phenomenal mm. movie. I'm, That's why I'm it's got the saying, Jedi Prime thing it on it. The like seal <laughs> in le- yes, okay so, so it's got the ancient legend, jedi text you know, page turners there legends it yeah. is the first one. Oh, see i'm not totally well, wrong well you are totally wrong but at one point you weren't wrong <laughs> oh and you made me say legends <laughs> at one point I w- <laughs> 2012 i wasn't wrong <laughs> but yes that's where she tells him to go take him to the jedi temple on tython um, where he will essentially sit on a platform and meditate about his choice. I want to go sit on that platform and see if somebody shows up to train me. It would probably be George Lucas. No, it would probably be Dave Filoni would show up to train me in the ways of the force. It'd be phenomenal. Yeah. Someone should do yeah. fan art about that. Uh, Can anyone draw that for me? With me just like sitting on a rock and, and Dave Filoni walking up a path to come train me. <laughs> In a Steven, in Jedi you, robes and a cowboy hat, please. <laughs> I I I I could sit there for hours and just listen to Dave Filoni talk about Star Wars stuff and just like have my jaw on the floor in awe. 
That's what I just said, Justin. Yeah, I'm trying to do that. That's <laughs> I know. I know. Um, you know, ba- uh, end of the end of the end of the episode, uh, you know, Ahsoka basically, I think the governor comes back up, you know, uh, she kind of you know, straightens up his cloak a little bit. Everybody wears a cloak or a cape in Star Wars. And then they kind of walk back into the city to the happy villagers as Mando and child part to go back on another well she and she gives him the beskar spear the the spear that ahsoka got from this evil magistrate who's quite good with it uh he gave it she gave it to mando because it belongs with the mandalorian it's the right thing to do and Mm ahsoka is a good person and a friend of the mandalorians yes i got a scoop 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 it up Uh that spear is going to be clanging against the dark saber in in the near future yeah, I mean they're they're definitely putting that out there. Yeah, I think that's a fair assumption. So we don't think it leaves Mando's hands between now and when we see Moff Gideon again. No, nah. Uh, I'm, is Bo Katan going to get her hands on that and clash with the dark saber? Maybe Mando gives it to Bo to combat the. Yeah, maybe something to think about. I could see that. Yeah. I don't know. So lots in this episode, tons to take out uh, of this episode, lots to reflect on, Um, you know, and that's the beauty of this show is you have zero idea where next week is going to go. I think we all pretty much assumed we were going to see Ahsoka in this episode. I don't think anybody knew we were going to see her in five seconds. Yeah, it's all of the stuff that we've seen in the trailers to this point, I I think is pretty much gone. we have no idea what's going to happen. I think dark troopers, dark sabers, Beskar spears. We got to dig into a little bit more Moff Gideon at this point. We haven't, we haven't gotten, he's been in the background the whole season. Pretty much. We haven't gotten much, just little teasers of what, what he's doing right now. Uh, some like hologram communication. So I think we're going to have to dig into that a little bit in one of these next episodes. Mm -hmm. And we all want to know about the dark science and cloning sort of where <laughs> where Beaumont gets his information <laughs> uh, wouldn't be a good Star Wars Friends episode if we didn't drop uh, Beaumont I gotta make a retraction uh oh I'm looking Uh-oh. at the Tython Uh-oh. canon page and okay. um, it says shrouded in myth some Jedi scholars made the case that Tython was the location of the Jedi Order's first temple fake news oh um Ooh, no like not legends though current canon that's current or canon, legends because this is so tython oh. actually i know we i think we made a little bit of a big deal about like this being tython's return to canon but actually tython appears in um dr afra number 38 and 40 now in oh. 40 directly indirect mention in 38 so she goes there to get something and then she actually miss. She actually leads Darth Vader there, um, th- making him think that's where the rebel base is. Um, but she was actually, it's you know, this was around the time that it was on Hoth, and she sent him to the wrong ice planet. Um. Oh. Okay. Counterpoint. Uh, on Octu, it says that the first Jedi temple was built on the island of. Jakku or Octu, and then you click on the first Jedi Temple, also known as the Octu 
Jedi Temple or Octo. I don't know how to say that. Mm. Um, so we're but, both we're both right. Uh-oh. Yeah, apparently there is well, some uh, historical discrepancy on that amongst Jedi scholars, which I guess that's what your article or, or Wiki or Wikipedia <laughs> discrepancy within Wikipedia. Um, well, okay, well, so, isn't well, that what like, Josh said? Okay, like so, some scholars claim it was actually the first one. There's some, yes. so that's like the radical flat Earth scholars are disputing that. Obviously, Octu <laughs> Jedi Temple is the first one, but they're like, no, it's actually this one. But they're crazy. It's something like that. Or the person who wrote <laughs> Doctor Aphra Forty was a uh, uh, Last Jedi uh, truther, like a, 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 a abolitionist or something. Yeah. <laughs> Well, okay, so I have it I have it up now here. So but it does also mention Star Wars Dawn of the Jedi. Which is, that's yeah. EU. Right. That's EU. Darth Bane Rule of Two is EU. Yeah, so in no, so it was the first uh Jedi it was the homeworld of the, the Jedi, like the different spelled like prede- mm-hmm. predecessor to the Jedi. It's like J Yeah, the Dawn of the Jedi is a comic book actually. It's like J E. I think you still say it the same Jedi, but there's like a weird accent on it or something. That's what I did. Kinda. And I do see though, it is also mentioned in the upcoming Star Wars High Republic novel by Kevin Scott. So we will get hopefully some. Way back then they were probably still hanging out there and stuff. Yeah. So uh, and much like much like civilizations like on our on our planet here, right? We have really really ancient civilizations, and I think different scholars look at different civilizations or ruins and say this was the first formed civilization versus mm-hmm. this was the form first formed civilization. So that's probably why maybe they were coming up about. I the just same want to know how many ancient places. Jedi texts that are on Tython. You know, let's just start counting ancient Jedi texts mm-hmm. and get a get a tally and see. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So let's move into, since we've wrapped up this episode and we're about to head into the last couple episodes of, of season two of the Mandalorian. What are your guys predictions for the next episode? Not down the future, not three episodes from now, but next one. What do you guys think? Josh, what about you? I think we're going to check in with uh, old Moff Gideon again. Cause you know, when, um, when Din is going somewhere, he's usually not... When they say, Din, go to this place, he doesn't go there the next episode. He goes there two episodes later. So I think we yeah. <laughs> we build up we build up that... Um, the stuff that was going on with Gideon. And maybe even... I mean, I can be hopeful and think that maybe we'll even check in with uh, my girl Bo again, but no, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no guarantees. I, th- I, I think it might be a side quest. We might get like a monster hunter mission or he might have to stop off for resources on his way to the, the Jedi temple on Tython. But I think we're going to get like a one-off. That's my guess. I just have a mm. feeling that we're due for that. Well, that's kind of, I mean, that's kind of what I, I mean, that's what I meant. Like something's going to stop him along the way, but I think that that's going to somehow lead us back to maybe they won't be to, it'll be just like the last one where with Gideon, where Gideon wasn't with him but something led us to sh- led to showing us what Gideon was doing at that time. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I, I could see, I'm think I was thinking more like a frog lady monster hunter type episode that like is completely standalone. <laughs> okay. 
he he goes back to the corner. No, I mean, not like that again, but that type of thing. Like <laughs> his other brother, not something back that to Tatooine. Connect. Oh God, I hope not. Oh, I don't know. Go to see um, Robert A. Fett. I, I don't know. <laughs> I could see. Yeah, Bobby. you got to think he's still out there somewhere. He's he's doing something. He's I don't know if he's, he's following um, him. He's or- brooding up on the top of dunes during sunsets I mostly be su- i wouldn't be surprised if we don't actually now that i've i've thought about it more like i could see mm-hmm. us not seeing boba again until season three like this that boba tease could just be could be just like the who's walking in the spurs up to uh fennec shan's body from season one and then we never Which, got an answer on was that, that cob vanth now i'm that's my guess I, but I it could know. have been boba yeah. too that's yep. what they do for the entirety and, and, of the show. Boba's never like really in the show. They just like have like here's a little here's your season three teaser of Boba Fett. Here's your season four teaser of Boba Fett. Like he, but he's never like mm-hmm. featured. Well, and for for those like that don't know, if you skip the recap in the beginning, you actually miss a lot. The recap kind of tells you where the story I've is. I've got going mixed feelings episode, on the recap. The I think part. it spoils me sometimes. They give away a lot. It a can. lot, a lot, yes, a lot. Like there's multiple times when I've watched it and I've been like, oh, well, so this episode is going to have that in it, I guess, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. So yes, they do definitely fill you in. If you're a nerd and you like watch the show multiple times and you remember everything, like it, it could potentially, I still watch it too, but sometimes I regret it. <laughs> I don't watch it. Oh, really? Do you skip it? I, I do. I probably should. After I watched start. the first one, and it like it like tele or I, was it the first one I watched that it telegraphed, or the second one I watched? One of them. One of them was really me, bad. Yeah. And I was like, oh no, can't watch. No. I think it yeah. was the one with the Mandalorians where the armorer did the whole thing about have you ever removed your helmet? Blah 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 blah. And I'm like, oh yeah. well, so somebody's taking mm-hmm. their helmet off, huh? Yep. <laughs> yeah, it can it can tell a lot in those recaps, or at least mm-hmm. will tell you where the story is going. So. Um, if you skip it, it's totally your prerogative. If you watch it, that's okay too. Like it, it, it does allude to kind of what the direction of that current episode is though. So if you're casually um, watching and you might not remember something from season one, and then I'd say it's definitely worth it. If you're pretty up to date, then maybe not as much. Yeah. And he's still got, you know, Din still has Boba's armor. Yeah. Right. I would assume it's, it's on the crest somewhere, right? He has a, a, a full spear of Beskar right now. He's An got infinite supply of whistling you know, birds. I, <laughs> yes. Um, and gas for his flamethrower. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, he's, I, I think at this point we're ready to, I'm hoping reunite with Bo in this episode and we get some more Katie sack off, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. It could go any direction. So, um, all right. So I, I wouldn't mind him. Let's break down. Sorry, I'm ready to blow this thing go home too. But mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind uh, him reuniting with the armor at some point either, and being like, "Hey, I've got all this Beskar. Let's melt it down into something for me." And also, by the way, turns out you might be kind of a cult leader who indoctrinated me into like some craziness, and let's hash that out. Right. I mean, that, that could that's be a big question. Interesting. Is, what happened? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Heavy Mando, where did all the where did all the, I think he's dead. Where have I think all the old Mando's Pez Vizsla's dead is my guess, but he he could have survived. Where is my
Where have all the Mandos gone? Justin, so yep, 90s. I don't know. Could be anywhere. <laughs> you broke Kyle with that. Kyle, Kyle got it. Uh, <laughs> Kyle got it. So I got it. Um. So, all right. So, any other final thoughts? Anything on the episode? Like, where is my John Wayne? Year? But other than that, like, that's another reference to that same stupid song. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, let's let's go ahead and blow this thing and get out of here. You're all clear, kid. Now let's blow this thing and go home. You're all clear, kid. Now let's blow this thing and go home. I got a really good feeling about this. Thank you everybody for joining us for a- another edition of Star Wars Friends, episode 62 racking here, them up. The Jedi. Yep, we're racking them up now. Um, if you guys get the opportunity, please, 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 please join us on Friday for our live stream Mando recap. Um, we have awesome guests on just about every week, um, you know, whether it's other podcasters. This week... Josh, who's our special guest? This week we have Impact Wrestling's X Division champion, Rohit Roju, who is a yes. Star Wars nerd with muscles. And the champ. He, he's a great wrestler, but he's also great on the mic, so I think that this is going to be. I mean, every one of these episodes is a must watch, but this one. They're all bangers. They're wilder than most. If you like wrestling and you like Star Wars, you're going to have fun. Yes. I think that's a guarantee. I think that's a guarantee. Safe bet. Safe bet. No okay. tinfoil hat theories for Star Wars. Oh, recap. I, I, I doubt that to be the case. Because usually all of so our co-hosts are there, so there will be at least one tinfoil hat theory, I'm sure, out of somebody. Yes. So... Uh, Friday night, 7.30. Um, you can watch on Facebook. You can watch on YouTube. Uh, either one of those is perfect. I think fine. we're going uh, to so broadcast on, on Periscope on Twitter. Oh. Yeah, sorry, Josh. Yep. Stepping all over your thing. That's new this week. Broad- broadcast on Periscope. Uh, other than that, if you guys are looking on social media, you can always email, email us at show at StarWarsFriends.com. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at SWFriendsShow. Um, you can find me, Justin, on Twitter at IamTheBendu. Where can they find you guys This at? is Josh, and you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at BattleOfTanab. This is Kyle, and I am KB underscore Legend on all the social medias. And we'll see you Friday for the live show. Be there or be square, brother. Yes. Make sure you watch the episode before joining us. <laughs> yeah. Totally Spoilers for you. galore. <laughs> Uh, thank you everybody for listening um, have an awesome time and can't wait for the next episode and we're going to end this in classic Star Wars fashion may the force be with you always always bye hey friends don't forget to subscribe to the Star Wars Friends podcast and leave an awesome review on whichever podcast app you're listening on Catch up on past episodes, fun interviews, and more at StarWarsFriends.com. Connect with the Star Wars Friends on social media at SWFriendsShow on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Email the show at show at StarWarsFriends.com. Thanks for listening, and as always, may the Force be with you.